March 15th. He comes to me at night, horrible, ugly, mm. dirty, under the sheets with me, tearing at my nightgown <laughs> with his steel claws. His name is Fred, and he keeps trying to take me to the boiler room. He wants to kill me. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 287. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we mix child killers and genital mutilation in a way that seems inappropriate, but hey. We'll go on this journey together, James. <laughs> yeah, and baby. The old slice and dice. The old snip snap. Snip snap. Snip snap. Snip snap. snap, snap. snap, snap. <laughs> uh, it's been far too long. Uh, I could have done with another couple weeks without you. Oh, that's that's real shitty of you to say, James. <laughs> I saw your face tonight, and I was just like, I want to punch that face. That's that's fair. I do have a very punchable face. What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Jim. And uh, it has been uh, almost exactly two and a half weeks since we have sat in these chairs. Oh, my goodness. It was uh, kind of an unplanned yet also planned end of summer break. Like We didn't really say anything about it because we thought... We were going to be able to finagle something to where we have, didn't have to go. Finagle. 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 There you go. Fan, fandango. 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 We thought we were going to be able to fandango uh, two shows, actually, mm-hmm. to fill the spots um, and do something. But then some shit happened. We weren't able to do it. So you got an end of summer break. Uh, I would apologize, but I don't care. Yeah, I, <laughs> I also, I don't care. Oh, good. Um, hopefully our listener doesn't care. Because... No. They, he or she, is uh, not important to me, really. Nope, nope. And if this is your first time uh, here, <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the show, let's give you a whore. A whore. A whore. <laughs> <laughs> you get a whore, and you get a whore. Um, Man, oh I like this show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a hearty go fuck yourself. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, welcome you aboard uh, this flaming train that's been off the rails for six years now hey um and uh yeah are you getting like does does it sound weird in your headphones or is it or is it my new headphones probably your your new fancy headphones oh that's awesome actually i don't know it's not i don't know is it it just the sound of my voice rattling around inside your dome maybe i'm just not used to this it could be Hmm. every time we take a break we come back to this and it feels like we haven't done it in like 10 years so yeah it's weird let's not be let's not be weird tonight Okay. <laughs> You're staring at me now. What? Huh? What? Why do I have a happy? <laughs> uh, what have the last two weeks brought you, James? Oh, shit. What haven't the last two weeks brought me, right? Do tell. Um, prosperity, peace, inner peace. Ooh. Um, in, in Not so much inner peace as in, like, my innards were cut to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh the uh, spoiler alert we uh we're talking about well one of the movies we picked for tonight is very intentional uh because we wanted to we decided it would be a fun fun time to match it up with something that I have going on in my life which is a procedure that I went through recently which um, was the movie we watched is called Divorce Court the movie yeah <laughs> yeah divorce court uh the the John Bobbitt story <laughs> 
Yeah, I went I went and did the old snip snap. Snip snap, snip snap, snip snap. And uh, you know, just cuz that's what you do after you have two kids and you don't want any more and and uh and and so I went and I did that. And so tonight we decided to pair it up with them. We decided to just run with it and pair it up with a movie that involves Somebody maybe being castrated. Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, more on more on that later. Uh, this week also uh, starts spooky season. James. I mean, granted, we, well, we missed we missed the first couple weeks of September. Right. Our bad, but it lines up perfectly for doing our Halloween series for the month. Yep. And rather than do a whole bunch of stuff and one one big big block, we kind of figured we would spread it out the entire series. Uh, spread out the entire season with the series. Right. Uh, so. <clears throat> We'll also tell you more about that later, but you've already seen the card for the week, so you know what we're talking about. We're getting off to a weird start here. Pretend like you don't. <laughs> uh, you know, we are, we really are always a little rusty when we first come back, aren't we? Yeah, like a trombone. Ooh. <laughs> Just, you get all tongue-tied, you know? Mm. The rusty trombone. Have you ever had that done to you? I have not. Why? I, um... <laughs> I, I don't, I've never dated that dirty of a person, maybe? It's, ex- it's exhilarating. Whoa. That's more of a French horn. What, oh. what, would, the, what would the French horn be? Oh, this is where I got to put my, my urban dictionary skill to use. Mike has this Mike has this uh, uncanny talent of being able to... So everybody everybody knows the the sort of the... NSFW side of of uh, Urban Dictionary, where you yep. can type in something like uh, the Superman or the the dragon or the mm-hmm. whatever, and they'll mm-hmm. give you the 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 sex act that yeah. goes along with that. Yeah, yeah. Mike can Mike can take the definitions to a, a completely different level. Like yeah. he's he's in the cosmos. All when everybody do, else is firmly planted on on the earth, like we're he, not we're not going to say what it is, but all I have to say is bird feeder. The bird feeder. It's 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 my it's my my it's my tour de force. <laughs> it's, it's your it's your what's the it's your opus. It's, it's your my, magnum it is, opus. It is, it is my opus. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it's but yeah. it's it's incredibly disturbing to watch. Um, but also makes for a few good laughs. I have, so. a, I have a good French horn one. Do you? I do. I don't want to. Don't do it on the show. <laughs> Fine, because I feel like this is a, I feel like this is a talent that I, I'm I'm pretty selfish about it in that <laughs> I only want it to be I only want to be I want me to be one of the only you and roommate Jen beneficiaries mom, Mama Jen now That's of it. this particular talent. Yep. So uh, we're we're gonna keep that from you. Yeah, sorry, sorry everyone. That's James's call. But if anybody else has a good idea, has a good definition for the French horn, feel free, feel free to let us know. Fucking. Tell our friends to shut up. Gosh. Put your phone on silent. We're so loved by our friends, and I nah, hate it. God. Um, but yeah, besides getting your nuts cut off, what uh, what else have you done? Jeez. Well, we haven't been here, because I, I, I was just thinking about it. I, these headphones have been broken since my last vacation, so oh, I actually I actually went on a vacation. <laughs> what? I went yeah. on, James, I went on two in the span of the last two weeks. Oh, let's let's make it all about you, Mike. I will. I'm yeah, just saying okay. that's how much time. Tell me passed. about your cool vacations, no, no, I man. I want to hear about yours. No, I yeah, we we just did another vacation to a, an Airbnb with some of the fam. Oh yeah, yeah. You how know. was it? It was good. Yeah, yeah. Was it in the sky? No. Why and, is it called Airbnb? <laughs> uh. I hate you. <laughs> Um, yeah, nothing nothing really too interesting to report. It was just a good time. All right, fair enough. Drink some beers, swam in the lake, 
Lake St. Clair sucks, by the way, because there's fucking like you can't take a Wait, step. Wait, you run St. Clair? Yeah, isn't that isn't that technically St. If you're in Lexington or like Forestville? No, I are you still are, are you still in St. Clair? Actually, I don't think it is. You t- think maybe you can answer this question because we were talking about this on vacation. Where does because St. Clair turns into Lake no. Huron, doesn't it? No, there's tributaries. I mean, it feed they feed into each other, but so where's not- the so okay. Well, we can figure this out yeah, later. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm very confused as to what you seem to think that is. Well, because all those fucking like if you go to if you go to uh Elginac, Lake St. Clair's uh highest point is New Baltimore. That's okay. the, that's the highest point of Lake St. Clair. So then how do all the how do all the freighters get into La- Lake St. Clair River? Then? The Sa- oh, the St. Clair River. The St. Clair River. River. Oh, so when you're in Elginac, you're actually watching the yeah. ships on the St. Clair River. Yeah, yeah. Uh and besides, and Lexington is also uh Lake Huron. Not that's what I said. Oh, did you say Huron? Didn't I? I, I thought you said something else. I hate when people say uh, urine. What, were they talking about pissing? No, like when people <laughs> when people will pronounce Huron like urine. Who does that? Lake Huron. No, who does that? People do that. The stupid people. Well, um, that's why I said I hate when people <laughs> do that. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, tell me about be, your stupid vacation. I'd be like, yeah, I went on a vacation to Dallas, Texas. That's not at all the same. You're not saying the first letter in the word. How do you say? How, how do you say the 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 um the jazz capital of Louisiana? Uh, New Orleans. <laughs> what a what, or, or New Orleans. I say both actually. It's I don't. Nor- I don't know what the correct one is. It's but New Orleans. It's New Orleans. Okay. Orleans or it's New Orleans. If you're Orleans. New Orleans. If you're from, from there. Uh, yeah. Last two weeks for me. Uh, let's see. I started. Uh, I was also up in the thumb. So I was on Lake Huron as well two weeks ago. That was fun. Your thumb was up in me. Stayed, uh, ooh, hey, hey, oh, almost in your parents. We were right around the block. You thumbed my parents? Almost. No. no, no, Didn't have any peels, though, so (laughs) mom got off the hook. Um, No, but uh, we went up there, and uh, it was supposed to be a nice, relaxing weekend uh, in the sun on the beach, you know, kind of like recharge. Yeah. Stormed the entire weekend. Oh, did it really? We were just, but it was cool, though, because we stayed in cottages, and we got the number one cottage. Like, it goes, there's five, five cottages. They're all huge. And one is directly on the water, and then five is towards the road, right? Mm-hmm. So they go back, whatever. Uh, Kristen's parents got two of them, gave us number one. So we were, like, right overlooking the water. Two-story cottage, the whole deal. Cool. Super baller. It was nice. Yep. Uh, needed that. So came back, and then the following weekend, I had a wedding over in Benton Harbor, which is down in, like, the the lower west side of uh, the state. Did you get shot? Um, Did not. Did not get shot. I've always heard Benton Harbor is kind of a shithole. Uh, it was where we were at. It, we were like out in the middle of nowhere. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, but we ended up staying in a yurt about an hour away from the wedding. Yurt! Yurt! Um, which is basically a small circus tent. A really heavy-duty, <laughs> canvassed, small circus tent. It had a full queen-size bed in it, full kitchenette, ground couch, which I want a ground couch. You, you know, like a traditional yurt. Yeah. With, with the yeah. kitchenette and everything. <laughs> Dude, I don't even care. Uh, no power, no plumbing. Uh, the the, the quote-unquote outhouse uh, was interesting because it wasn't like a hole in the ground or anything because the people who own the property, they like to compost Oh no! It was a bucket. It was a five. It was a five-gallon bucket that you had to pour like composting um, stuff on your shit <laughs> to start the breakdown process. Oh my god! And then they come and then take strangers' poops 
and put them in a compost pile somewhere. What are they doing with that compost then? Probably growing crops. So they're gro- they're pro- like so <laughs> I they're don't know. so you're growing tomatoes with strangers shit? <laughs> like what do you I don't know, dude. I I don't know. I, I, don't I think know. It's I a, think there's weird. a I think there's a cutoff where like we're we're being like um If they're doing it just to like to to not waste then no, no pun intended then so then so be it, right? If they're throwing it in a pit and they're turning over the soil and it's whatever. Sure. 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 I still think it's weird to do that with strangers' poo. Like yeah. maybe your own, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That was weird. But but you're also talking about the type of people who keep a yurt yeah. in in the middle of the woods. So yeah, you know. Well, that's true. It was on the, <laughs> it is on their property. So we were on the people's property, but oh. they have but they have like six acres. Okay. So we were like really far in the so, back. So they definitely watched you guys bang at night in that yurt. Well, there was an outside shower with no curtains. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they probably yeah, saw sure. they saw a oh, show. Oh yeah, they had trail, sure. trail cams and all sorts of yeah, stuff. I, I looked, guarantee you they were there. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up I'm gonna look up the yurt people of Michigan <laughs> on OnlyFans. <laughs> the yurt people of Michigan. Uh, we did have an interesting time though. Uh, Saturday night when we got back from the wedding, uh, we cried. We put our we went back, had a bonfire, put it out. I don't know an hour after we got back or so, and we both wake up in the middle of the night and we hear some sort of an animal right outside our tent. Oh, right. No. Um, was it was heavy. it like a tent? Uh, a zipper tent or what? Well, say it's a heavy duty canvas. Like sure, really but like, what, what kind of closure did it have? It's yeah, it's a zipper. Okay, yeah, it's, a, it's like a screen <clears throat> zipper, then the main zipper. And right then on, right whatever. on. Um, and so we both wake up, or whatever. I'm like, you hear that? You hear that? It's like right outside. It's like right next to me over here. Don't whisper into the um, microphone. That's fucking but terrible. It was, but it was definitely a large animal because you could, just the way that you could hear it crunching around. You know, it was mm-hmm. definitely a large animal. It wasn't like scurry. It was like heavy footstep foot stomps or whatever and then the way and then it was like eating we know there's like berries and all that stuff around so Mm -hmm. it's probably a deer you know it's it's really cool there's a deer stop whispering into the fucking microphone i'll kill you (laughs) 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 you thought i forgot about that oh gross so we're we're just thinking that it's a deer no big deal we just fell right back asleep whatever um and you could hear it eating like you kind of hear its breath or whatever and it was like vocalizing a little bit where that's weird so i would have just yelled Chew with your fucking <laughs> mouth closed. Well, so then I go, I'm telling Scott this at work, right? Mm-hmm. Scott spends a lot of time in the woods. He's a hunter and all that. And I said, uh, I said, what sounds do deer make when, when they're eating? Like, can you hear it when they're whatever? He goes, what the fuck are you talking about? I go, I said, do deer not like make grunting sounds? Like sort of like, 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 like inhale, exhale, sort of very loud, half grunt, half breathy kind of sounds. And he's like, no, they eat very quiet. I'm like, what the fuck was out there then? Because this was definitely making a sound. And the more the more that we're thinking about, the more that I'm thinking about it, I'm realizing it was definitely big mm. and it was definitely breathy, like really breathy. And then I started like, I'm like, what other animals are around there that are big? And Scott's like, there's bear in Lower Michigan. They're they're not as prevalent as they are in you know the upper part of the Lower Peninsula, sure, yeah. and the Upper Peninsula. Black bear. There's quite a few. But black they bear. are. But they are there. So yeah. we were staying in Cass County. So I immediately just, I just went online. I looked up Cass County. Internet lit like lit up with you know people reporting bears in Cass County. Mm-hmm. I am one hundred percent convinced now that there was definitely a black bear about three feet from me with only a little canvas tent. How do you know us. it was a black bear? Well, because those are the only bears that would be around. Grizzlies aren't here. It might have been a fucking I red, don't know a red bear. Yeah. The the. the Redheaded stepchild of the bear family <laughs> <laughs> might have been a um, koala but was, bear, but that's kind of cool though. Like it, it's kind of cool. Like, if, had we even thought that, we probably would have freaked out knowing there was a bear that close. Sure, but it definitely was. It had to have been a bear at this point. 
Like, no questions about it. Uh, I mean, there's other animals that make noise when they Nothing eat. Nothing that big, though. And then we were sitting there mm. around the campfire the next night, and I'm, like, shining my light into the woods or whatever, and we saw eyes staring at us. And so now I'm like, were we looking at a fucking bear? Was I shining like a hundred gigawatt uh, uh, flashlight into a bear's eyes, just pissing it off? <laughs> you got a hundred gigawatt flashlight? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I go back in time with it. Um, but yeah, that was my weekend. It was fun. Good times. <laughs> I slept in a yurt with a bear. A yurt. Cool. Sounds like um, fun. Yeah, yeah it, was... it looked it looked pretty cool, aside from the whole having to shit in a bucket thing. Yeah. That you were was... right next to a river, too, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Dope. The, the so river I guess was really I, low. The river was super low, though. I was going to say that would make sense, then, for something to come creeping around sure. there because they could have something to eat. Yeah. Shit in the river. Bears and bears. <laughs> or, or drink. Bears eat berries, and there's lots of berry bushes all around where we were at. So, yeah, it makes it kind of fit. Everything fits. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty spooky. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. very spooky. Um, um, cool, man. Yeah, well, dude. I don't have anything else to talk about because my <clears throat> life is uninteresting. Oh. Well, hey, we're going to see Sponge and Vertical Horizon tomorrow. Hell That's yeah, fun. we are. Uh, I bought Star Wars tapes today that ended up having porno in it. That's a fun story. <laughs> what's the name of the fuck? What's the name of the porn? Like Cocks who love cunts or something. Cocks and cunts or something like that. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> it was some old man's house that I uh, picked it up from. And it's his daughter that is selling <laughs> this stuff, right? Please. Not even selling, giving it away so a kid could have picked it up. Please go back and and show it to her in person. I, I'm gonna go back and check all the other tapes first. I need to know. I need to know what her exact reaction is gonna be when you go back and tell her in person. Yeah. God, just like the mortification. Because I often get embarrassed. Yeah. about myself because i'm an idiot right sure so seeing other people get embarrassed is the kind of stuff that feeds my soul because then i know that people are like f- feeling my pain you know yeah. yeah so like going back and seeing her just become completely mortified at the idea of her old dad sitting there watching cocks who love cunts <laughs> oh that's just that 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 brightens my day yep yep um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let's get into some corrections from that lat three, three, three <laughs> try, fucking. Try, try that one more time. Three or four weeks ago. I don't even know at this point. Very graceful. <laughs> you know what that sound means? I thought you said you had corrections. Yeah, I was just pulling your chain. Were you joshing I me? I was wetting your whistle. <laughs> you were yanking my leg. <laughs> no, we. Um, I actually listened to the last episode twice. Thinking that I missed stuff. Why? Well, Dear once God. once three weeks ago, and then once today. Oh. Um. But uh, but yeah, I have no corrections. I I did. I actually even looked up stuff about like Adam Green and how we thought he ripped off Nightbreed, uh, to do digging up the marrow. I couldn't find anything. Like there's a lot of people in reviews talking about it, but nothing from him ever saying it. So he maintains he didn't rip it off, even though his name main character is named uh, Decker, which doesn't make any sense. But um. Are you yeah. saying that we had? The perfect episode. I, I don't know. Before we went on break, it's funny. I listened to so I put up an uh, an Instagram post saying that we strongly suggest you go back and listen to our first Nightmare on Elm Street uh, episode for you know to, in preparation for the rest of the series for this month. Oh, spoiler alert! So, we haven't told people that's what we're talking oh, about yet. Oh, <laughs> God! Guess the cat out of the your bag. Avert your eyes. Um, anyway, though, uh, and I listened to, I re-listened to that episode because I wanted to make sure that we covered enough in it to to make it make sense. Sure. Um, what the fuck. <laughs> we were way more entertaining 
five years ago. <laughs> Why? Were we really? <laughs> it was just way better. Well, is it is it because J Raj was with us? Yes. Oh yeah. my god, I miss J Raj so much. Yeah, he brought I, a, he brought a lot to the show. He really did. He held the ship together, and ever since he left, it's just been held together with like duct tape and chewing gum. Duct tape That's and it. chewing gum and two people who secretly hate each other. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> it's like just How this. How has this worked? Just it's this, like a perfect marriage. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like this dry, loveless contempt for each other. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. But somehow we smile through it. We do. We do. Aw. Yeah. Hey, you look good tonight. Oh, thanks, James. You have a nice eye. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, motherfucker? Pick one, bitch. That was rude. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what? Okay, so if we don't have any corrections, then that means something's happening now. Oh, what are we talking about this week? So um, this week, we are talking. So we're kicking off our retrospective. Retrospective, uh, technically, yeah. because we already we already talked about the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, so, here's, so here's how this is going to work. We, um, looking at a calendar here, uh, there are... Eight movies total in the Nightmare on Elm Street. I believe eight movies total in Nightmare on Elm Street uh, in the series. We've already covered the first one in the remake mm-hmm. in our compare contrast. Um, and, I, and I re-listened to it because I wanted to make sure that we talked about it enough and we didn't just compare contrast. And I think we did. We can wax poetic about the original as we're talking about the other ones too. But we're going to start with uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to pick up on. And if my math is right, we should be hitting Freddy versus Jason on Halloween for really? the Halloween episode. Really? Yeah. If I'm if we're if we're doing our math right, that should be that. So, but the, we've done Freddy versus Jason before, haven't we? We have not. <gasps> what? I thought we had two. I couldn't find it in our in our repertoire. So. Okay. Well, if we don't know, I mean, hopefully nobody, <laughs> hopefully nobody else will notice. Maybe I got to edit this part out. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, that's that's the plan at least. Uh, I, you know what? I feel like I'm thinking it too. Maybe it was like really, really early on though, when we were talking about. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was probably, probably really back when, like we used to, we used to talk about like 10 movies. Yeah. And not spend much time per on episode. So we can redo it. Even if we did it, we can redo it. I gotta go back and listen to some of those old, like how do we even do that? I don't know. Even, be, even when we, even when we chiseled it down to let's only do five movies a week. <laughs> like, you said chiseled. And I, I, for, I, for some reason thought you were just saying chill like Snoop Dogg. We chiseled. <laughs> Even just when we were getting chiseled. Uh, when we when we chiseled it down to five movies a week. Yeah. I don't know how. How the fuck? I, 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 I was single, I hardly so find I had time, nothing to do. I hardly find time to watch two movies now. Oh, I, I barely can, yeah. We've had three weeks, and I just watched both of them today. <laughs> um, so, anyway, we're, we're talking about... Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: yep. Freddy's Revenge. Yep. So, so every week, though, just to be clear, every week will be a Freddy movie paired up with something else that might might go. It's not going to go with it, but it'll be spooky season. So. Well, no, I kind of, I kind of figured. We, well, this this week, this week kind of goes with it. It does. But it also, we decided to go with uh, to pair it up with my vasectomy because because we're goofballs yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, we get it, balls. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are gone. <laughs> it's a it's it's a yeah i'm not even gonna get into it (laughs) um but 
so we were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Revenge, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, yes. and also the movie Hard Candy, Yes, which does fit. Oh, yeah. With, it's a horror because, movie. Well, well it's def- I mean, it's definitely genre. It is a revenge tale. It is. And so revenge, Freddy's Revenge, it's a, re- it's a tale of revenge, and also, you know. Uh, slicing and dicing. Slicing and dicing. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so anybody that, that says Hard Candy, though, isn't a horror movie, you don't know what a horror movie is. That movie's terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> for many reasons, that especially, movie is... Especially if you're a fucking pedophile. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 100% which, a genre which movie. Which, if you are, you should be scared, you know? Yep. Because we'll come for you, too, motherfucker. Um, we're going to bring a child to cut your balls off. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what we do. <laughs> Somehow that feels inappropriate. <laughs> All right. So from uh, Big Lake Bruin. Wait. Okay. Okay. Oh, cool. Whoa. 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 Um, see, lose your balls. Your mind starts to go, too. <laughs> that's where your brain is, right? <laughs> uh, so from Big Lake Brewing, this is called Fudgy Kruger Oatmeal Stout. And it's got a picture of Fudgy Kruger on the front. He's a Freddy Krueger cartoon made out of fudge and he, he appears delicious. He appears to be eating a brownie with one of his um claws. Claws, <clears throat> yeah. Which is super cute. And he's standing next to a street sign that's uh, the crossroads of Elm Street and M185. Uh-huh. And M185 being um I'm assuming one of the freeways that runs through Holland, Michigan. Probably. Would I be I, 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 I don't know these streets that run through Holland. So. Um, this is an oatmeal stout with lactose, cocoa nibs, and vanilla beans. And I, I actually looked up. I think I got a little more here. Big Lake Brewing Fudgy Kruger is an oatmeal stout by style. This craft beer is using lactose, cocoa nibs, and vanilla beans. Fudgy Kruger is 6% ABV. Oh, that's lower than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, no kidding. It's pretty low for a stout, isn't it? It is, yeah. In this craft beer review... Oh, wait. Cra- no, I don't want to know the rest of... Ah, fuck them. Okay, yeah. Go, we'll go we'll give you up. a review. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. We'll tell you our review. In fairness, this beer... Uh, the beer sell-by date is a year past its date, but it's a stout, so it's just been aging. But maybe that made it a higher percentage, too. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. All right. Um, so so yeah. each week... So we're going to drink this every week. Yes. Well, provided it's good. We're going to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Card subject to change. <laughs> um, we're gonna drink this every week and uh, and then pair it up with another beverage. Yeah. So you have another beverage. I down do. Here I that do. I'm and we'll probably to... we'll probably do the other beverage first because we'll probably talk about the other movie first. I would imagine every week, and then we'll just switch over to this when we talk about the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Right. That you'll see why this week though. Do you want me to pull that out right now? No. You want me to wait until yes. we're talking about hard candy yes. to get it out? Yes. Okay. That's. That's what's happening. Is it Buzz Balls? It is not Buzz Balls. Okay. <laughs> oh, that would have been oh, great. Oh, 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 I was going to tell you to pour slowly yeah. to see how much you just took way more than I have. Wait, 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 wait. I have a drink out of this stuff. Yeah, also, why? I don't. I, That's I'm... literally a 50-50 pour yeah. in your glass. That's 50% <laughs> beer and 50% head in a 16-ounce glass. You're terrible at this. Yeah, here. I love you, though. Yeah, take some. Take some. No, 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 no. Just I... cheers me. Okay, fine. Just cheers me, bro. Uh, cheers. All right. Cheers me, bro. Cheers me, bro. I want to watch you drink that with your your new beard, <laughs> a.k.a. Kristen. <laughs> Is it good? That tastes like you're drinking a brownie. <laughs> oh, <shit>. my. 
Ooh. fudgy Kruger. That is delicious. That real that this is a dessert beer for sure, but man, that's good. And I feel like I feel like it goes well with um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street too, because of the subtext of that movie. <laughs> Jeez, James, come be, on! Because this beer is making me want to do things to the men <laughs> <laughs> that created it. <laughs> oh, this this episode is all kinds of inappropriate. Good lord. This is delicious. I though. mean that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, I was actually going to say this is this is the true horror of this can. You don't let a man with razor fingers finger your brownie. <laughs> That's where the horror comes in. <laughs> no, Fudgy Kruger, no! <laughs> you wake up screaming. You wake up screaming in the middle of the night like the characters in the movie. Fudgy Kruger, no! All right. Well, um, <laughs> that's, oh my God. that's uh, half of what we're drinking, and that's what we're talking about tonight. So now uh, we're going to get into our trailer trash segment, where we watch a trailer and we get trash, and then we, we do. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to watch a trailer. I'm going to react to it. Did you already watch it? Uh, I've watched one of them because we sh- got we got a two for oh, this week. We got a two for. We got to make up for two weeks worth of time here, friend. All right. So uh, let's get into trailer trashed. Right, James. Um, I have a question for you. Do you want to start with the serious trailer, or do you want to start with the funny trailer? Let's go serious first. Serious. All right. So first up this week. This week. This this week. What is wrong with you? I lots. <laughs> there's lots of things wrong with me. Um, the first trailer that we have this week is from uh, my friend and yours, Mr. Lucky McKee. He has a new movie coming out. We haven't talked about Lucky McKee in a long time. Yeah. Uh, this movie is called Old Man. Uh, it is starring Stephen Lang. Oh, and he is we, an old we, man. We do like Stephen Lang, I and like he is him. indeed an old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have not seen this trailer. So this is the first uh, watch for me as well. Okay. So uh, here we go. This is Old Man. Old Man. Show <laughs> yourself! I got lost in the woods. This is where the story gets real good. Click, click, boom. Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fucking. uh, Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang is just so good at playing a crotchety old man. Yeah. Like he really is. But like a badass crotchety old man. Yeah, so this is uh this is about a guy who wanders into a cabin seemingly in the middle of the woods or whatever and this crazy old man lives there and that's the story. It's really um It looks interesting. It also <clears throat> looks like it should be written by Quentin Tarantino. Am I the only one that thought that? Um I no. think that'd be cool. It's what's what struck me as weird though is like uh kind of like the the way it looks, like the lighting and stuff, especially um, Mark Center, I think that's his name, his character. He almost looks like he's out of a, a f- like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, kind of. Like the sh- like the co- like the outfit he's wearing. He's mm-hmm. wearing like a yellow outfit, and he just looks really out of place. Like his hair is really nicely done and stuff. It's really bizarre. It's I a realized- weird juxtaposition between him and and the old man. He's the guy that plays Hansel in the Hansel and Gretel Tales from Halloween <clears throat> short. He's the husband of the witch. 
I'm uh, fairly certain that's him. Is he? I'm 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 almost certain that's him. Tales from Tales of Halloween. Yeah, like the uh, with um with uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, which makes sense because that's also Lucky uh, Keys girl. He I'm, plays Jack. Yep, that's him. In Ding Dong. Yep, that's it. I knew him more as the uh, uh, the Scorpion from the Devil's Carnival. Um. Yeah, I I think this looks really cool though. Yeah. I like I like claustrophobic uh, one location type horror movies. So this this just does it for me. I mean, like we're gonna talk about a movie tonight where it's just it's two people going yep. going head to head, and like those I don't know those types of movies if they're written well and they're engaging. Um, I yeah I really really like them. Um, These kind of movies live and die on their performances, right? Because there's nothing else to pad it out, nothing right. else to get your to distract you from the performances. It's yeah. a, it's a character. It looks good though too. It, it it looks like you can't like there's there's going to be a lot of misdirection. Like it looks like there's it looks like there's some poisoning and some murdering and stuff going on, but they always set up the shot. The uh, the setup shot is always made. So that you can't tell who's the one doing it. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, it looks really cool. I'm excited for that yeah. one. I mean, so uh, that is old Lucky McKee's old man. Uh, All so right. That's pretty awesome. It's fast enough for you. Old man. Old man. All right. So uh, trailer number two, James. We've talked about it. The day is here. We finally have a trailer for it. And that is Bring It On, Cheer or Die. So this is a this is an actual Bring It On movie. This is an actual Bring It On movie that they turned into a slasher for the Sci Fi Channel. That's great. I am hundred percent here for it. Okay, you've watched uh, this one already. This, this one I have watched. Yes. So here we go. This is Bring It On, Cheer or Die. If you haven't seen these trailers yet, uh, we probably should have said this first. Go watch them and then come back. <laughs> Join us and be uh, you know, yell at your. The guy sitting next to you on the bus, because we can't hear you, but maybe he can. Yeah, talk to talk to that. And guy And also because that's the only person you have to talk to because you're a lonely <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, that's it's kind of our our wheelhouse. In fairness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is bring it on, cheer or die. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, we're so dead. This is so messed up. That's it. That's huh? it. Short, nice, and, <laughs> nice, short and sweet. I like um, how the I like how the trailer specifies. Yes, that bring it on. Like literally, but, ma- <laughs> but make it a slasher. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's great. I um, think it's kind of genius. Like the, the makers of this knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, for sure. Like, like what what franchise can we possibly get a hold of? To make a horror movie. Well, and it's funny because uh, didn't didn't Lucky oops shit um didn't Lucky McKee was all he, cheerleaders die something like that wasn't he the director of all cheer yeah, all cheerleaders yeah. die it's yep. just funny that we we just watched a Lucky McKee trailer and then we switched over to a movie that's about cheerleaders dying. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I don't know. Um, I'm just making I'm making silly connections. It, but it, it looks like, it seems like it's very it, it's very standard slasher fare. It's a guy in a mask running around a school offing it, it cheerleaders. Looks like, it, like it, it, it looks like it's the uh, <laughs> it looks like it's the the high school um, mascot. Yeah, 
the Di- oh, the Diablo I, I didn't even running around up, killing but... people, and he looks like he's perfect throwing knives at people and hitting them in the femoral arteries. So that's yeah, that's yeah. Dope. <laughs> it looks very self aware, which is which those it, always make the best horror comedy. And it appears to be, yeah, I was gonna say it appears to be a, just a comedy, like yeah. a straight up horror comedy. So um, yeah, I like I'm that. I'm into it. Yeah, that'll be fun. So two uh, two bangers this week, James. Yeah, buddy. All, All right. right. Well, that's uh, that's trailer trashed and. Uh, do I usually? I can't even remember. Do I? Do I repeat though? That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. I that's think. what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. And that's trailer trashed. You're bad at that. Now let's get into the bleed. You're feed. Aw- you're awful at this. The bleed feed. been two and a half weeks and uh i'm actually kind of happy to say that we've only escaped with two deaths since the last episode and i don't think i'm missing anyone and one of them's not even horror related one of them kind of feel like we gotta talk about one of them's not even important i know right (laughs) um well the sex pistols were wrong god did not in fact save the queen you don't know. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. You don't I, know that. I feel like there's way too many skeletons in those closets for God to save the queen. <laughs> the queen is dead. Long live the king. Um. Yeah. Did you Did you see the fiasco over uh, uh, King Richard and his pen? Did you see that? Like he was trying to sign something and his pen wouldn't work, and he like threw a fit about it or something. King Richard. That's who. The, that's who the new king is. Or I'm sorry, Charles, not Richard. Charles. I'm thinking of Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> King Charles. Um, there's some fa- uh, 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 f- footage. No, uh, what's what's the word? Of my- a fatu, not fatu. Um, <laughs> situation normal, all fucked up. Um, snafu. That's it. Snafu. <laughs> I knew what it meant. I couldn't think of the word. There was like a snafu with like an ink pen that didn't work, and he got all like flustered by it. And then there was another account of one of his, like someone that works with them. He had a piece of paper fall off of his desk and on the ground, and he made somebody pick it up for him because he couldn't bend over to like pick up the paper. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like, he's like in his seventies, right? It's just so ridiculous, though. Like, like, like this guy is—it it sounds like he's like re- he's like really taking the whole "I am king, kiss my feet" thing really seriously. <laughs> I just googled it, and the first thing that popped up was—I—I uh, I don't even know who this website is, thecut.com, but it says. Mm-hmm. King Charles's reign of fussiness has begun, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a. It's so it's got a a thing. It's I'm watching the video of the uh, the pen right now. Mm-hmm. So what? It just won't work, and he I throws don't, I, it, or what? I don't know. I saw the video. I couldn't tell what was going on, but from my understanding, like he was trying to sign something, and he couldn't get it. He couldn't get the pen to work, and so he got frustrated and got up and left. Okay, he's <laughs> he's he's writing. It looks like they have ink pots right there, so they they must be like. A, no, see, it's not that. It's he he's writing, and he doesn't want he's about to knock this thing off the desk with his hand if he keeps writing so he asks somebody to take it away oh is that what it is yeah like okay like if he would have continued writing he would have knocked a thing off the desk so he looks over to the person and says take this Vito's brother who does uh voice work or whatever he did a parody video sure uh uh, with, with this thing and then at the very end of it he goes when you need a pen that actually works get a big chill (laughs) <laughs> and then he turns it into like a big commercial it's really funny <laughs> that is the third time i don't care if you're doing a f- you're doing yeah you were doing a thing of Vito's brother it's the third That's time fine. tonight that you whispered into the microphone and i'm about to reach over this table and smack you in the mouth i'm sorry 
I hate you so much. Uh, okay, outside of... Uh, well, the, well, the queen died. The queen died. Um, <laughs> in other news, um, ghost story... And I mean, the, it's a pretty big deal. It is. It is. I, I, it's a pretty big deal. Like, I don't, the, I don't the, really the understand... Thro- the throne is... I don't understand... Uh, I don't understand... Especially, I don't understand Americans... Uh, Infatuation. Inf- yeah, preoccupation with the royal family. I just don't get it. Um, I, yeah. But to to speak about Queen Elizabeth, she was she was kind of like the last of a dying breed. Like she was, she's she's sort of the last of like the. Well, I feel like like the like the the um, patriarchy. Like she was she was the the last like actual I think respected queen. Something well, tells me well, that she, nobody's going to respect King Charles. Well, she. I just yeah. get this weird impression. I I mean on a global on a on a global level, like she's she's really like nobody else really carries themselves like that anymore sure, sure. with like dignity and like grace mm-hmm. and elegance and and like she. she I really didn't care that much. I really don't care the, that much about the f- royal family at all. But she, as far as like a as as a as a, a figurehead, she is the example. I would say to yeah to live up. I, that to. being said, though, that being said, though, there is nothing that you can say to convince me that there aren't some serious shadows in the closet of the royal family. There, like there's serious no there's no serious shadows like, in the closet of every family. I'm dude. talking no. I'm talking like major stuff. Oh, with like I'm t- with like stuff. with like Andrew probably being a pedo and stuff yeah. like that. You and mean? I'm sure he's not the only one. <laughs> like I, I'm just saying, like things of that level, that covered up and protected. Yeah, and this, dude, I'm sure there's any tons. any anywhere. So anywhere you have anyone really, like any family is going to have that kind of shit, and especially if it's a, the type of family who has just unlimited well, they, and an unlimited amount of wealth. Yeah. And you have people growing up in the environment where they can literally do whatever they want without consequence. You're gonna end up with some fucking shit heels. You know what they I mean? They also they also come from a lineage where, historically speaking, and I don't know how when this may have stopped in their lineage. <laughs> They're inbred. If, it, if it's even stopped in their lineage, but yeah, royal families used to be inbred <laughs> because you had to keep the bloodline pure. That's why their teeth look that way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's why Charles is so mad because he can't, he can't, he can't inbreed to uh <laughs> Sorry, all of our British people. Uh, all right, moving on here. Um, Peter Straub passed away. Author Peter Straub. He is most famous for co-writing the Talisman and uh, Black House with Stephen King. With Stephen King. Stephen King. But he's most well, uh, well known for his uh, novel Ghost Story, which was turned into a movie by the same name in 1981. Which was, uh, wasn't it for, wait, is he the same one, is he the same, is that the same ghost story that was turned into a stage play? Oh, that I don't know. I have no idea. Who is that? There's like, there's this really enigmatic. It's a pretty nondescript title, so. There's this really, oh, fuck, there's somebody, there's somebody really like, really famous attached to it. No, I can't think of who it is. It was this really enigmatic stage play, and one of the things that they would do and people like a lot of people who went to see it would say like even even people who were part of the horror community like yeah. directors and stuff would say i went to see this and it was the scariest experience of my entire life and they would get up uh they would tell the crowd like please whatever you see here tonight oh please do yeah. not say what, don't tell anyone what you see here tonight no, because I we want this to be it. an experience 
that everybody can have and we also don't want journalists to find out what happens no. here and they would have like they would have journalists write or, or sign like uh like NDAs yeah, and stuff like yeah, that yeah, when yeah. they came. That's not the same guy? No, I don't believe that's the same thing. Okay. This was a movie that was starring like three older actors at the end of their careers. Oh, right on. Um, I, Chris Jordan talks about so it So totally the not the thing that no, I was talking it's, about. It's, it, no, it's not that at all. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, yeah, rest in peace to Peter Straub. Passed away at the age of 79. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, Neil Gaiman gave his, uh, said one of the best writers I've ever read, one of the best friends I've ever known, always kind, funny, uh, brilliant, uh, yeah, it, it the guy was awesome. Right on. So rest in peace rest in to peace. Peter Straub. Speaking of Stephen King, uh, this is kind of fun. He uh, had a new book published. Uh, or, of course, he's published. Uh, he had a new book come out though in the last uh, two weeks called Fairy Tale. And uh, just like any other Stephen King property, it's already been uh, snatched up, uh, this time by director Paul Greengrass. Hmm. Paul Greengrass is the guy that did Captain Phillips and Jason Bourne. Uh, Captain Phillips was that Tom Hanks movie about the guy that landed look, the plane look at me. in the Hudson. I'm ca- oh, <laughs> was that Captain Phillips? I think no. That, Captain Phillips was was that the was that the was it look the at pirate me, I'm, one? I'm the captain now. Isn't was that, that the pirate one? Yeah. Oh, I thought Captain Phillips was the no that the one that was Denzel. No, the what? flight was that called? Flight with Denzel. Uh, no, I think there, well there was a Denzel movie called Flight. I think I'm getting my airplane movies mixed up. No, the movie the movie Flight was also Tom Hanks. That was the one about um uh the guy- Oh no no no, you're right. Flight was <laughs> No, sorry, you're right. Flight was Denzel Washington. Yeah. What's the one about the guy yeah, who landed, landed the in plane the in the Hudson? Yeah, that's what, that's why I thought uh <clears throat> that's what I thought Captain Phillips was. No, Captain Phillips is the the one about the um Somalian pirates. The Somalian pirates. But it, but it's still Tom Hanks. Right. So yes. so I had that right. God damn it. <laughs> Anyway, though, Paul Greengrass will adapt, direct, and produce the movie. So that's in good hands right off the bat. I know I have not read this book yet. Uh, we we bought it on release day because we're those kind of people now. What? I know, right? Um, no, but this is uh, supposedly high fantasy. For Wait, Stephen why, King. though? Because we're going to read it, James. That's what you do with books. What's the point of What's the point of getting it on release day? That's because we wanted to. Just because... It, it, because it's coming out, we figured that can be like the we're gonna read everything that comes out from here on out when it comes out, yeah. and then use everything else's back catalog. Oh, I see. So there's like an ending point. I see. So, but this is supposedly more of his uh, fantasy realm, and it's also supposedly one of the best books he's written in ten years, uh, according to all accounts. So, yeah. uh, pretty awesome. I'm excited to see That's it. Subjective. That's fair. Uh, he, uh, in, in terms of what the book is about or anything, King said of his uh, of the inspiration behind the novel, uh, quote, I saw a vast deserted city, deserted but alive. I saw empty streets and haunted buildings, a gargoyle head lying overturned in the street. God, even he talks the way he writes. I saw smashed statues of what I didn't know but eventually found out. I saw a huge sprawling space with glass towers so high their tips pierced the clouds. I saw a magic sundial that could turn back time. Those images released the story I wanted to tell. What the fuck are you talking about? Is he on I don't know, drugs about, again? I don't know. It's about a guy and a dog that like save people and it's fantasy. But oh. supposedly it's really good though. So, right. so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of books, My Bloody Valentine finally got a novelization. That's kind of cool. Uh, Armando Munez, M-U-N with a little thingy over it, O-Z. Munoz, Minuz, Minoise. I don't know. Is that, how do you say the N with the squiggly over it? It's like a, it's like an n, like an n y sound. 
Yeah, Munoz. 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 Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Armando Munoz, uh, he did the adaptation of 1981's My Bloody Valentine, which you can get now. Uh, So if you're into reading your horror movies, um, there you go. You can you can get that. Right on. It's a thing that exists. Cool. Uh, Speaking of making old things new, James, we got new photos of the new. uh, I don't want to call her Pinhead. They call her Pinhead, right? But. I mean, is it Pinhead though, or is it just a Hell Priest? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't know, know. if it's supposed not, to be. I'm not like I'm not well read enough on my uh, on my Clive Barker lore. Yeah. Well, to 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 really know, like, do they? I know that I know that the Hell Priest is is not one specific entity exactly in the books. So she like is it's a, a thing. Hell it's a thing that's passed on, but are all of them? Uh, referred to as Pinhead? Well, being or? that this is a straight-up remake, I suppose having a Pinhead character makes sense. Sure. So, there we go. <clears throat> anyway, though, we got new photos, finally, of Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do you think of him? Like, what's your interpretation? I know people on Do You Love Horror have been talking about it a lot, which I finally rejoined the group. Apparently, I hadn't been a part of that group in forever. Whoa. Who knew? Oh, because after you got kicked yeah, off yeah. for being too political or yeah. something? <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, what do you what do you think though of the new look of Jamie Clayton as Pinhead? Um, I'm I'm into it. I think it's I think it's really uh, really striking and and kind of beautiful, like with the mm-hmm. with the like the weird cutouts and the flesh and stuff yeah, like that. I agree. It looks very intricate. Um, we also got a picture of another new Cenobite uh, that is uh, the mask. Am I the only one thinking that both the mask and Pinhead, they both have like this organic android look to them? Like they look sort of like like very an- like like fleshy androids. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Like almost like the an- like the robots in iRobot if they were hell priests. Like what that's is, the impression that I what get. What is it about them that's the giving you that? that I, get. <laughs> I, I think it's the whiteness of them. I think it's the lines on the face. It looks like like on on um on Pinhead's face here. She has like a uh she has all the lines that go between the pins as normal. But then, but then there's then that, that big weird, line like, that goes down. It looks like a, a mask that can lift off yeah, of her almost, face yeah, like and then reveal almost, the electronics behind right, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. And then the rest of their bodies kind of look like the well, same. Well, and then thing. even like the cutouts, the the cutouts in the flesh look like you know, like if you see a, a, a cyborg or something like that, yeah. that has like all the what looks like musculature and, but it's all and veins and stuff, and stuff, but it's actually vein. Uh, yeah, it's actually yeah. wires and all that shit. Yeah, I, 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 do, I do agree with you. I do like that it looks like she has like a choker with a pendant buried into her neck, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that's a really cool look to it. Um, I know, and we were talking about this uh, off air, but like we thought the entire idea of casting jamie clayton was to be extremely androgynous her well, her version of penhead though is still strikingly feminine so i does, don't know what it does the seem like was, it does but... seem like that to me like i i thought that like um when they when they announced that they they uh had hired jamie clayton for the role they said like well she can she can take this character and really like I, I forget I forget the exact wording, but like you said, like really like really make it just androgynous. completely androgynous, yeah. completely like it, because in in all of as far as I know, in all of like Clive Barker's writing with the Cenobites, 
they are sexless, they're genderless, mm-hmm. they're... Uh, but also very erotic and sexual at the same time. Sure, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's this weird, it's this weird, um, like, yin, yin and yang right. to, to the two sides. And to me, to me, like, the design that they have chosen for her so far does look, t- like, typically feminine. It does, yeah. Which, typically which, feminine. That's, that's an important distinction. Which I don't mind. Like, no, I, th- right. I think it looks cool. I, I just feel like it... I just feel like it goes against what they were originally going for. You know what I hope? I hope that her voice still sounds somewhat like Doug Bradley. That would oh, be I, oh, I that think would her, be crazy. I if think she her, had this crazy deep low voice. I think her coming voice, out of that body that would be awesome. I think her voice will be modulated for I, sure. I hope so. I, I mean, his so. was, you know, like yeah. and and to make it deeper. I think that no, it, that's just the way he talks. <laughs> It's because he's British, James. <laughs> oh, is that why? I think I think All that uh, British people talk like this. I think her voice definitely will be modulated. Uh, her eyes look amazing, though. Her like, look, yeah. Because with with Doug Bradley, it was just like plain black with mm-hmm. the with the eye, like the the iris and the pupil the and the scolar and everything. Yeah. But hers is. Um, Pitch black. It's all black, but then the iris is still like a bluish gray color. Yeah, it's which cool. is which looks fucking it's incredible. Very, it's very scary. Also, looking. though, looks kind of androidish. Yeah, yeah, sort of. So yeah, I've, I'm here for it though. I love it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna I'm, try to do this when it comes out too. So come October, it will be one of our movies, I believe, for the week. Yeah. Um. So I'm very excited for this to come out. I'm very excited to see it. Yep. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to beyond it. pumped. I one day want to do all the Hellraiser movies too. It'll be like an entire series of Bad Brews. <laughs> we haven't done a Bad Brew in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, but this will be like an entire series of Bad Brews, being that <laughs> all like the second half sequels are dog shit. Yeah. So we should do them. I yeah. think it'd be fun to see if any of them actually hold up. Yep. Uh, moving on here, uh, we talked the last time about there being new Strangers movies being made. Mm-hmm. And it was rumored that there were three of them being made at the same time. Well, we now have more information on it. There is indeed a Strangers remake trilogy coming. So these are not sequels. They are remakes of the original Strangers movies. And they're being directed by Rennie Harlan, who is a a well-known name. Which is interesting, because I don't think that the Strangers needs a remake, first off. That that seems a bit premature. Why they're doing three of them back-to-back doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I'm just kind of confused by this entire thing. I don't understand why it's uh, happening. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. But um, especially but, since the last the last Strangers that came out was not long ago, was it? No, I don't believe uh, so. Was it the Strangers? Uh, pray, uh, pray at night. Strangers pray at night. It was maybe six years ago. Not that long ago. I, no, no, it was. No, it was four years. Four ago. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. But yeah, uh, Rennie Harlan, who directed Cliffhanger, Deep Blue Sea, Die Hard Two. Is directing these all three of them apparently? It's very weird. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm here for it. And I'll yeah, watch I'll them. Still but watch them. I just like, don't know what that. The I, hell's the point? Yeah, I don't quite understand <laughs> it. Uh, speaking of sequels, man, I'm I'm on the train here today, James. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sequels, Ty West's X uh, got a sequel in the movie Pearl that just recently came out, yeah. and it's coming out to rave reviews. Mm-hmm. Ty West is making a name for himself right now. We've been waiting for it forever because we've been fans of his. Not to say that we've been there first. But we were fans of his ever since House of the Devil. Like, mm-hmm. we've been waving the Ty West banner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we've loved everything that he has done. Um, 
X did extremely well. Pearl seems to be doing amazingly well. It's then it's shot in Technicolor. It looks like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's so bizarre, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now uh, there is a third movie already coming out called Max Sex Sex Scene. <laughs> it's Maxine with Maxine. three X's. Um, so he's he's got like a trilogy of movies coming out within like three years. That's cool. Because I think this one tells me it's probably going to be coming out more, and I love it. Be, or, or faster. I love it because. Uh, X was a period piece in like the seventies or whatever it was, right? Sixties, something like that. I have not seen it, so I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it. But Maxine is shot in Technicolor, which is sort of period set, and then the new one is inspired by VHS of the nineteen eighties. Oh, cool! So they all—they're all—they all have these very specific tones to them, which is very seventy-nine cool. X. Uh, seventy-nine. Okay. Seventy-nine. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just—I'm super pumped for this. I want to do. X and Pearl. We should do that once the uh, spooky season is over, since we can do our back-to-back -back movies again. Mm -hmm. We should definitely do those two. Yeah, I, for uh, sure. I want to see them and uh, talk about them. But uh, yeah, I feel like just uh, unfortunately, just the small little clips of Pearl that I've seen. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's given away way too much of what X is about. I could be maybe, wrong about maybe, that, but yeah, I feel I like know. I've. I feel like I have heavy spoilers. Well, uh, from my understanding, too, though, um, Pearl is a prequel to X, whereas Maxine will be a sequel to X. Well, so that makes sense in the, as far as the time periods go. Right, but if you know anything about, if you know anything about X, very little. Okay, well, yeah, don't ruin anything. for <laughs> well, me. Don't look it up. <laughs> I know, I know, I know what character she is. Put it that way. Sure, but you know, yeah, um, but yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Moving on here, um, did you see this? This is actually just a cool thing to mention here. Did you see that James Wan shared a video of the unused demon from The Conjuring 2 that they replaced uh, with the nun? I saw it, and uh, I didn't actually watch the video, though. Is it... Looks baller, The dude. big black demon with the big yeah, horns? check this out. Yeah. I'm going to show you it right now. Okay. It looks it looks kind of kind of dumb. It looks kind of uh, derpy. <laughs> it does look derpy. Now that one looks cool. Yeah, I guess. But here's this video on uh, Instagram. He posted it. This is what we were supposed to get, and we instead we got the nun. So so we're watching it. Like turn it turn it my way a little more. The original demon was this creature. So this full creature, this creature was supposed to be in place of the nun. Huh. And then they took this out and put the nun in. <laughs> oh god that musical sting right now that's <laughs> fucking terrible um yeah if you want to see what we're watching go to uh creepy puppets which is james wan's uh instagram account and you well can see, this. see so i would have been fine with them using both the nun to me is actually a, a spooky character they just the movie sucked that's fair i would have much rather liked to have seen the demon though i think that would have been sweet because it would have looked different in the final movie obviously well yeah i you don't you don't find the nun like a, a if if they had written a better movie you don't find the nun to be a, a compelling character at all not really i think it's it's oh it's a nun it's it's catholic dogma and it's i don't know it seems very played out to me there's a demon though yeah but the demons, it wasn't just a demons are cooler than nuns <laughs> but a demon who disguises itself as a nun that's scary so so both then Right, that's what I'm that. saying. Yeah, like, okay, okay. like, like you had uh, you had Annabelle, right? Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you saw the demon who was possessing Annabelle. Sure, you should have done the same thing here, right? Fair. 
Like you see the yeah, nun, and every once cool. in a while you see the true form of the nun. That would have been fuck. cool. I agree. Um, yeah, but all right. Anyway. Uh, only a couple pieces of news left here, and I say the two best for last, James. Uh, Kevin Smith confirms that he is working on the sequel and teases a wacky new approach to Tusk Two. What? This is happening, and I could not be more excited. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. <laughs> uh. You know what? Leave it to Kevin Smith. Uh, This is what he has to say about it. Ever since the heart attack, I've been living on borrowed time. 2024 will mark the 10-year anniversary of Tusk. We could just leave it there and move on. But, you know, I've got more story left to tell, and there's a reason we left him at the zoo at the end. I always knew that we were making a movie, and I was just like, I would totally do this again. I thought we would have Michael Parks with us longer, but sadly he's not. But we still have Justin. Uh, He goes on to say, early on, I was always like, well, eventually I would take him out of that walrus skin and try to rehabilitate him, just like Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight Returns. But he'll only ever see himself in one way. Then he becomes the Howard Howard Howe character. Justin Long becomes the crazy guy who's trying to turn people into something else. A chimera things, half human, half whatever. Last time it was a walrus. This time, you'll see. I feel like you're talking too much, dude. Like... You just gave away the whole fucking plot of the movie. Yeah, that's what that's what he does, but I know, like I just shut up. Yeah, but I don't I, know. I'm doing here for it. I don't even care. Yeah, I'll watch it. I feel like Kevin is getting like I don't know. He's just getting a little bonkers he's in his doing, older he's, age. He's I don't think it's bonkers at all. I think that he just has a really eclectic. I'm gonna say eclectic. Maybe that's the wrong word. Wacky sense of humor. Oh, well, of which, course, which, yeah. But, but it lines up perfectly with my sense of humor, so I'm here for it. No, like, I love his sense only, of humor. I mean, I love, I love, I love Kevin Smith's movies. It's just <laughs> he makes things that nobody else would possibly ever <laughs> yeah, make. That, yeah, I guess you can definitely <laughs> say that for sure. So, all right, James, what's new on Blue? Oh, geez, I'm not doing three weeks of these things. That's fine because nobody. Let's be. Let's Do the be big ones here. and call it a day. Nobody cares. Um, well, first of all, we're going to jump off here with coming October 25th to 4K and Blu-ray from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment is Jordan Peele three movie collection oh which will have obviously get out us and nope featuring three hours of bonus content interviews and behind the scenes footage and deleted scenes from all three films fun so you know i, mean, I hate combos but that's fun yeah it uh his it, movies belong together so that makes sense yeah but they deserve to be in a better looking set than this uh, this is just like shitty. a it's just like a one case bullshit kind of get out of here what do you expect from universal pictures home entertainment uh, next up from Scream Factory, Fede Alvarez's 2013 Evil Dead remake. You know it. You love it. I do. Um, I also love it. It's coming to 4K Ultra HD, and that will be available on September 27th. No, um, yeah, no, Scream Factory has been lazy lately, and there's no new features on it or anything like that. And actually, I don't even think Scream Factory put this one out originally. So it's odd that they're putting it out and not putting anything new on it, but yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah, that is a bummer. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, also, so there's also a, a standalone release of Jordan Peele's Nope coming to 4K and Blu-ray for uh, for Halloween, which will also include a uh, making of documentary called Shadows, deleted scenes, gag reel, call him Jean Jacket. <laughs> Uh, really? <laughs> uh, so it's coming out with all kinds of uh, tasty special features, and uh, yeah, that's that'll be out on October twenty fifth. Um, there's there's a few more that are popping up that I could talk about, but honestly, nothing like nothing too interesting. That's fair. Bodies, bodies, bodies. 
that that you, Pete Davidson movie? Yeah. Do you care? Fuck it. Do you care about Kim Kardashian's <laughs> ex boyfriend? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a sore topic, man. Come on. I don't know. I just nothing, nothing super exciting, honestly. Nope. Um, okay, let's see here to uh, to to finish things off. I'm gonna finish you off with this, James. Oh, finish me, baby. Uh, with some with some cunning ham, cunnilanguist. Cunnilanguist. Sean Cunningham has teased something, James. Apparently, Sean Cunningham tweeted. Wow, this is very suspenseful. <laughs> Has tweeted um, his cameo. No, see, okay, see, this is why I was confused. His cameo bio, not tweet, his cameo bio, 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 apparently is where this came from. And it says, quote, Sean S. Cunningham directed and produced the seminal horror film Friday the 13th, creating the iconic villain Jason Voorhees. The movie has spawned 12 installments, with a 13th scheduled for next year. What? That's so I I I when Is I, I he heard about this, to say that? I heard about this news like 3 weeks ago when it when it broke. It was yeah. right after we recorded our last episode. And I thought this was something that he tweeted or it was like a press release or something. I didn't realize that this came from a cameo bio, which I think is actually, if this was done intentionally, it's kind of genius. Just to very low key put it in there and see yeah. if anybody notices. Yeah. It's kind of cool actually. I think it's it's kind of genius. Um, but you know, this would have meant that that Cunningham and Miller had to have worked out a deal. Because mm. you cannot make a new Jason movie without both halves working together. You right. just can't. Right. So I we always knew they were going to eventually because nobody wants to leave money on the table. But it's exciting to to see that and uh Hopefully, we're out of the woods, no pun intended, with this whole legal mumbo-jumbo. And let's get back to killing which, some more. Which has been going on for, what, at this point? Over 10 years, right? Uh, the, I don't know the lawsuit's been going on for 10 years. It's been going on it's for been a been over 10 time. years since we've gotten another movie, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, I guess 2009. No, was... it's only been the last few years that they've been embattled in this, like three years or so. No, it's been longer than three years. No, I don't think so. No, like like I said, I I said this a couple Fine, months four, ago or something. Years. Back when back when Kyle Laugh still did the laughing uh, yeah the laughing horror podcast, he did a breakdown of the entire lawsuit. He did, and that was that was back when we were in our infancy as a as a podcast. So at least six years, something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully everything's squared away, and we'll actually get a a real movie. Hopefully, one can cool. only hope. But we did get some screenshots this week for uh, uh, Never Hike Alone Two. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's coming out relatively, relatively soon. Wait, Never Hike. Oh, Never Hike Alone Two. The I was going to say there was already two, but well, Never Never Hike the, in the Snow was technically yeah. it's part of the first one now yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, but uh, so that's going to be coming soon too. So cool. That's uh, that's exciting. All right, Very James. Cool. That's the news. All right. Christ. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Not long. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about really a bunch of shit that has nothing to do with each other. Oh, slicing, dicing. <laughs> Freddy, Freddy Krueger and... Uh, oh, well, I guess Freddy Krueger was a pedophile. He was a pedophile. Oh, sh- shit. Never mind. These go hand in hand. Literally. Blade and blade. Blade and blade. All right. <laughs> we'll be back. Snip, Freddy, snap. Freddy got fingered. <laughs> 
throughout this they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. James. What? The Shut moment, up. God. The, the moment we've been waiting for is here. Yeah. We now get to crack our second beers for the night. Okay. So, if you would be so kind as to no. reach into the cooler. No, go fuck yourself. Surprise yourself with the goodness that I have brought for you. Oh, it's glass. It's glass, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to do our best recreation of... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, no. You know why, right? You get it. <laughs> Yikes, dude. Now get down on one knee. Oh, no. Chug it. I'm not chugging that whole thing. No. I'll throw up. I would, too. <laughs> um, so. Tell the good people what I brought you today, James. So Mike brought. Well, okay. Smirnoff Ice <laughs> Screwdriver. Um, yep. So if you've seen Hard Candy, uh. The screwdriver is a beverage that is is consumed yep. in the movie. Yep. And if you're a total idiot and you don't know what a screwdriver is, it's vodka and orange juice. Yep. Now, it's funny. I actually thought about drinking screwdrivers, but we can't, James. Why? Because I drank screwdrivers on the very first show. You did? I did. That was my... Because we did our very first episode, we drank our very first drinks that we ever had. And I drank... Budweiser. Budweiser? <laughs> yep. Oh. Is yep. that... I said that was my first drink ever. Did, did you lie to the people six years ago? I don't know. Maybe. Here. Oh. Um. Ooh, I can't imagine how bad this is gonna be. It. it oh, it actually smells kind of, kind of good. It just smells like orange juice. Uh, you know what it smells like? Sunny D. Sunny D. It, it smells like Sunny D. Kool Aid, purple no wonder, stuff. No wonder all the oh, underage Sunny kids D. want this shit. Come Damn, on, dude. Well, James. Uh, cheers. I can't imagine the amount of chemicals in this bottle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like Raid. It tastes like Sunny D. It does. It's actually not bad. I am embarrassed to say this is not... This is hardly the worst thing that I've ever had. It's actually pretty good. (laughs) It's like... it's. I mean, like, if you you like just drinking liquid sugar... This Ooh. should not be this good. It's pretty good. It tastes like Sunny D, though. You're right. Mm. Chemi- chemically made orange juice, basically. I'm half done already. I, <laughs> so you could have chugged the bottle. I actually probably could have. <laughs> mm. Remember when you, remember when we used to ice each other when like for the couple of years when we used to ice each other at like camping trips and stuff. Yeah, dude. And the best ice of all time is when you iced Greg at the airport. <laughs> In the middle of of that was Detroit the original airport. That was the original icing. Was it? Yeah, because we we found we started icing. We found that no, there was already the website. It was Bros Icing Bros, uh-huh. and I found it. I was like, this is fucking genius. <laughs> and so I had Greg and I had talked about it, or like we had seen videos of it or something. And he was coming home from ah uh, shit. Was it China at the yes, time? Yes, yes, because he was, was student, China. Yeah, he was student teaching over there. Yeah, right? he was teaching over there, and <laughs> so. I I set it up. I, I I was I was driving China. I was dri- I was driving a a Ford Focus at the time, and I set it up. I tied a piece of string around the top of a, a of a 
22 ounce yep. Smirnoff yep. ice yep. and tied the string around the top of it. And then I uh, tied the, the other end to the inside of my trunk. So when he opened the trunk to put his suitcase in it, <laughs> the, the bottle of Smirnoff ice swung out at him. I and can't that was believe the, that was the original icing. I can't believe though that he friends. had the balls to actually do it right there in the middle of the street in front of an airport. Well, I held my uh, what did I? You you held like a um. I held like a jacket. You up had a jacket or, or a towel or something like that yeah. in the car. I was with you. Yeah. You had you had something you held it. We like we she we did skirt him, but but even still though, oh, yeah. To do that like to drink in public at an airport was breaking a lot of laws. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised he did it, but there was another time that I great picked, memory. There was another time I picked him up at the airport, and it was National Tequila Day, so I brought a shot of tequila for the, for each of us. <laughs> Like, it just seems to be our thing. When I pick them up at the airport, I bring booze. <laughs> <laughs> and you to pick me up from the airport more often. Uh, all right, James. Uh, now that we have our screwdrivers in hand. Ooh, I'm going to feel this on my stomach, though. It is yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be bad. God. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm already trying to think of what I can eat before bed to, like, soak some of this shit up to, like, not candy? feel like garbage. Hard candy? Oh, God. All right. Uh, so directed by or, or eggs, some 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 eggs, some, <laughs> some huevos, you hard know? candy. Uh, directed by David Slade, who also did Thirty Days of Night, uh, Twilight Eclipse. If you're into that kind of stuff, uh, but he started his uh, his career in music video. He did music videos for Stone Temple Pilots, Muse, POD, Fatboy Slim, mm. AFI, System of a Down, and let's not forget LFO. <laughs> <laughs> Was it how bizarre. I, I, that, sure. I wait was that was. was that lfo no no it, was lfo how bizarre i don't know was lfo that, was like abercrombie and fitch wasn't it are the girls that wear abercrombie and fitch. oh is that lfo what the what the hell was uh how bizarre was that len no that was steal my sunshine yeah i have no idea what how okay bizarre now was. i'm gonna fucking who did how bizarre i don't even know what you're talking about yes you do i don't think i do Driving, driving down the freeway in the hot, hot sun. Something to my left side, to to, to my right. Was that O Town? No, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. What How you're bizarre! About. How bizarre! Are you telling me you don't know this song? I don't. Go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. Can we get back to the movie about castration? I please? guess. Okay. Uh, it does make sense though that he's at, like this. This movie definitely has like some. I feel like when you see a movie directed by a guy who uh, kind of made his way in in music videos, oh, absolutely. Some of those some of those little signature moves, yeah, show up in the in in the movie, right? Absolutely, especially when you're right fresh off doing because this was his debut feature. OM- so, OMC was the name of the group that did. Because OMC, dude, you know this fucking. No, I song. don't. Yes, you no, do. I don't. That's crazy. It's there's no way you don't. Why? There's no way you don't. This is making you so upset. It, it, it was one of the hottest songs of 1995, Mike. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right, Sorry. let's get back to um, uh, hard, hard Candy hard, before I throw a beer can at your Hard head. Candy, directed by David Slade. Um, this movie is about Haley is a smart, charming teenage girl. Jeff's a handsome, smooth fashion photographer. An internet chat, a coffee shop meetup, and an impromptu fashion show uh, uh, back at Jeff's place. Jeff thinks it's his lucky night. He's in for a surprise. The the first like half hour of this movie. I mean, a lot of this movie, but the first half hour of this movie is so deeply uncomfortable. It is. No, it super is. Um, 
because Haley, uh, played by Elliot Page, is a 14-year-old girl. Yep. And uh, um, Jeff, played by Patrick Wilson, is a 32-year-old man. Yep. And it starts, the movie starts off with, you see their their chat, like their... Uh, their IM. IM chat yeah. or whatever. And it, there's a lot of... There's a lot of like uh sexual innuendos or uh-huh. like or like um just like a lot of like it's very provocative. Yeah. Which, you know, gross. Gross because you're because he like he's aware of the fact that he's talking to a 14-year-old yeah, girl. She she Haley gives every single opportunity for him to back out of this conversation. Right. And he doesn't. He just eats up into it. Yeah. And there's one line where Haley's like says says something along the lines of something about her big sister can drop her off. Mm-hmm. Made my skin crawl. Yeah. Like, and that's in the first 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I this is not the first time that I've seen this movie. Um, I've seen it a handful of times. For for whatever reason, maybe it's because I'm just getting older. You know, and, I, and, I, and I'm just seeing things differently, you know? Like, I'm seeing things as a responsible adult. Not that I saw them as okay before, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, old, yeah, this all seems pretty you, above board. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though. The older you get, the more sensitive you get to these kind of things. Yeah. And, like, watching it for whatever reason this time, it it was an uncomfortable just watch. Just gave you the fucking it Just gave me the fucking willies, yeah. 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 Like, it's like, oh, gross. And watching Patrick <clears throat> Wilson be so incredibly convincing that he yeah. would do this and I, is unsettling. Well, right, too. Because, like, I like Patrick Wilson. So do I. <laughs> um, and, and the worst... I wonder if Lorraine knew what Ed was up to in his younger years. <laughs> that's that's what I want to know. The worst <laughs> part about it, too, is, like, you see him... You see him in this movie using tactics that you would see dudes or people, because, mm-hmm. let's be honest, there's pedophilic women as well. But... You see them. You see him using the tactics that you hear about when you watch like Dateline and shit like sure, that. Like sure. he, he's, he's initially like not really playing into this idea that he has any sort of. He's just like he's he's. She keeps making like little comments about like oh you know like are we talking about the text thing still or well no when they finally meet up in person oh dude when they meet up in person it starts instantly but he he keeps it's it's like he's like uh it's like he's keeping a little bit of an arm's length distance he's testing the waters but that's the thing yeah it's not it's not like he's trying to be a good guy well, so it's they... he's definitely it's like it's a grooming tactic oh, it's absolutely. like a, i'm gonna i'm gonna pull back a little bit to see if you'll come a little bit further exactly and then and i'll the come first... and then i'll try and meet you in the middle and then i'll pull back a little bit more and it's like that whole it's like this disgusting dance between the two of them for the, the first 15 minutes and the, it's just like the dude. first thing that he does is he is he very very suggestively wipes her lips mm. because she's eating like a brownie or whatever and he wipes her lips of like the chocolate on her lips and then licks his licks thumb, his thumb yeah. that, you're gonna tell me that's being that's being an arm's length away well that was a little strong a at little first, strong it's, obviously but like it's crazy to me that he would do that though Right in front of in the front barista, of people. in yeah. front of the barista, in yeah. front of the pe- other people there. Like, if I was that person selling her the stuff, because they go back up there, and she orders more, another a coffee or something like that or whatever, and he's like literally eye fucking her right. at the counter. If I was the barista, I'd be like, nope, nope, yeah, nope, exactly, nope. exactly. <laughs> that that's the part that I thought was a little bit 
um, unbelievable that anybody I don't know, would though, just dude. Like, not see that. No, that's the thing. Like, you might see it, but would you say something? I think that's the like it's that whole fuck that I already mentioned. No one I, I already mentioned Dateline. I might as what well. What would you do? I already. I might as well mention John Quinones. Uh, John. I can't say his last name, but John Quinones. Okay. Hey, why the fuck can't I? Um, it's like that show. Uh, what would you do? Yeah. It's it's kind of like that. Like there are a lot of people who see this shit going on, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point of the show. Like. Will anybody actually say anything about this? There's like, I've seen such disturbing uh, episodes of that show, and who oh, knows? Yeah, who knows if it's actually set up or whatever. My favorite the fuck, though but, like, is there's the guy like, who there's like the pizza. Sh- there's like shows, there's like episodes where guys straight up watch a guy drug yeah. a girl, yeah. her drink, and then they don't say anything. Yeah. And then the bartender will like try and egg him on a little bit, like, oh, and the guy will just be like, oh, looks like she's in for a bad night. (laughs) Like, what are you doing, you piece of shit? Like, you should go to jail just for being uh, the accessory, the indifferent piece of shit that you are. Um, So, yeah, getting back to the point, if you were that barista, yeah, you and I might say something, but I think a lot of people wouldn't. I might not I might not say something to the person because I don't want to tip anything off and make anything weird. But I would most definitely call the cops. And it's like there's a really weird thing happening here. I'm uncomfortable with it. Cuz then the, you... the cops wouldn't do anything. The cops wouldn't do anything. I don't think there's anything Is there anything Well, I guess that's the whole point of to catch a predator to catch a predator. I was going to say, is there anything is there anything illegal about an older man meeting a younger yes. girl in public? But yes, there is. Yes. Well, if they haven't specifically... Is is the whole point of To Catch a Predator... Like, they specifically say explicit sexual things. They do, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if a if an older guy just says, I'm going to meet up with this younger girl, is that illegal? I don't know how that works. I'm, it's definitely uh, a faux I mean, in, I, mean, I, mean in my, I mean, in my mind, that guy should still get his nuts chopped sure, off. Sure, sure. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I don't know. All I know is that the whole situation made me feel weird yeah, watching this. Sorry, that was a bit of yeah, a tangent. Sorry. But yeah, the whole the whole beginning of this movie makes me want... Like, I was just waiting for what eventually happens. Yeah. And once it finally starts happening, I go, yes. Yeah, I. it's so funny. I got this movie mixed up i'm jumping ahead of here a little bit but i totally got this movie mixed up with the thomas jane punisher movie (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i was waiting for the scene where he blowtorches a steak and then touches him with a popsicle (laughs) i don't know why i thought that's what she did to him in this movie (laughs) it's not uh it's not totally different it's not totally (laughs) different so i was actually everything i've ever heard about this movie Oh, is this your first time watching it? I've, I've only ever... This is the first time I've ever seen it. Oh, I've, my God. Okay. Um, okay. But I had heard people say before that, like, there was a castration scene. Yeah. So, spoiler mm. spoiler alert, by the way. There's, there's a castration scene. There is a castration scene, but there's not. Um, yeah. I, like, that That caught me by surprise. Um, because everything I had ever heard about this movie was... This guy gets his balls chopped off, and yeah. he deserves it, right? I feel like I deserve to get my balls chopped off for how much I'm enjoying for, this. Smirnoff for loving ice. this Smirnoff ice, <laughs> it is tasty, this dude. Smirnoff malt beverage. 
Dude, you're going to feel like absolute ass later. I know. That's why I literally only bought two bottles. (laughs) I I went to the party store and I was like, I know that we can split six-pack cans here and you're fine with it. How do you feel about splitting six-pack bottles? And the guy goes, oh, yeah, you can. I go, oh, thank God. I said, I don't even feel right buying two of these bottles, let alone an entire six-pack. Did you explain what it was for? (laughs) Oh, he knows. He knows. Yeah. (laughs) He knows I'm always in there looking for stuff for the show. Um, (laughs) He just laughed about it, but. All right, so so they they get back, uh, so they get back to his house. He's a he's a photographer, yeah, and he takes photographs of young women, yeah, um, and a, nature things, and nature things. <laughs> Come on, I'm sort of a good guy. Uh, it, it's there's really no there's no there's no point in this movie where I feel sympathetic toward him. Which no. I don't, well, I don't, well, I don't know if they were trying to make him a sympathetic character at some point, like where it was like, because what they did was they tried to make it look like she was unhinged for a little while. They did. They they tried to make it. They tried to sow some seeds of doubt, right, to whether or not he actually did what she's uh, accusing him of doing, and they kind of end the movie the same way. Because uh, they don't, they don't. I was reading some stuff about how in the original script they very specifically you know, said that at the very end of it, uh, Haley was actually eighteen. Her name wasn't actually Haley. All they they explained a lot of stuff more. And mm-hmm. both Elliot Page and uh, uh, Patrick Wilson, they got together with David Slade and like, no, you can't do this. Right. Like you have to leave it sort of more open. Because the thing is, at the end of the movie, you know, he's given a choice. Mm-hmm. Neither one of his choices are good. <laughs> right. Even even if he is completely innocent, he's not going to look innocent. Well, which like I his mean, life is over, innocent or not, his life the, is over. The ending is not ambiguous, though. He he all but confesses to yeah, what she true. is accusing him of. But what but if my yeah, my okay. point my point was is they don't. If they were trying to make him seem like a sympathetic character by making her seem maybe a little off her rocker, they didn't do a good enough job. Because regardless of regardless of what she was accusing him of, yeah. The it's still it it, it is still uh it's still a fact that he that he brought a 14-year-old girl to his house. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Allowed yeah, yeah. Her, allowed her to drink alcohol. The only, like there was. There's no. There's no. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. No, like this guy ambiguous. is. This guy is very, at the very least, very inappropriate around young, young what girls. I meant, what I meant by what was ambiguous was whether or not he actually killed that other girl. Mm. That's the part that I was talking about. Well, it, he get, he's one hundred percent a fucking pedophile. Yeah. Like there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Well, about once it. she yeah once she find and. No, even from the very, the, the, again, the first right. thing he does is licks her, like, his fingers right. after touching her lips. Right. He's a pedophile. Right. Right. Like, in my opinion, that is etched in stone from the very first time you see him on screen. Right. And she didn't even need to, like, once they get into his house <clears throat> and she spins them up some drinks and uh-huh. she drugs him and he, he passes out, ends up tied to a chair. Sure. She's walking around like she's tearing around his house trying to find some proof that he's a pedophile. All the proof you needed. Oh, well, if she was actually 18, though. Well, that that was maybe that maybe maybe that's why she was so frantically trying to find some proof, because regardless of. 
what had happened between the two of them. Well, if she was actually 18. It wasn't that they just took that out of the script. They changed it in the story. Okay. So because, she, so because she they w- thought because they thought that by making her 18, it then makes it this this adult on an adult kind of thing, right. which takes away everything from the movie. Right. So that was changed at a script level. So in the story, so, she actually is 14. She is 14. Okay. Yes. Well then there you go. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like she she's frantically searching for proof that he's a pedophile in 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 his house. Mm-hmm. The proof's right there. Well, she he, she has a like, limited amount of time too because she knows when the neighbors are coming home. That's why I think why she's freaking out. She's running out of time. She has to find my my this point. Proof to- my I guess my point is more from the from the I'm going back to the um point of view of the viewer. As a viewer, she's she's hunting around the house for some proof that he's a pedophile i didn't need any more proof sure because he already came to meet up with a girl who he knew was 14 years old and had and had talked like maybe they should like if they wanted it to be more effective maybe they shouldn't have included the um the pretty obvious like sexual overtones of their chat in the beginning, sure. You know what I mean. But that here's the thing, though. She wasn't. I, I don't think that she was trying to prove that he was that. She was looking for proof that he fucked with the person that she knew. Right. Like that girl. She was there for a reason. A very she specific was, reason. She yeah. was trying. Which they never actually said who she was to that girl. Right. I'm going. I almost wonder if it wasn't either like friend, sister, cousin, like. She had to have been close to her, yeah, to, to go on this this vendetta. Right, she was looking for the, the the proof to to satiate her what she knew what she knew was true, but she had she needed a way to prove it, and also she had to find it in order to justify what she was about to do to him. Right now, even though he was a even though he was a piece of shit pedophile, what she was about to do to him was crazy. So she had to have that like that proof before she did it. I actually don't think so. Well, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I actually, like, I actually think that I actually think that this is the exact treatment <laughs> <laughs> that pedophiles should that should be on the off. receiving receiving end of. Um, they should all be tortured. Uh, but I kind of like the fact that they don't ex- like specifically tell you the relationship that she had to uh, what was her name like Dana Mauer or something like that or uh, Eric. Donna something? Donna Mauer? Donna Mauer, yeah. Yeah. I like that they never tell you what her specific relationship was to her. Like, it's it's almost not important. All you know is that she knew her. Mm -hmm. She knew that this guy had something to do with her disappearance and death. Mm -hmm. And she's she's out to get him. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There's, there was a part there was a part after they were at his house and they walk into his, like his studio where he shoots all the models and um she says something she, she says uh they say something about carpe diem and then she says that her motto is carpe ominous mm-hmm. right yeah and he because apparently he knows latin he says <laughs> he says take it all and that's the first like i loved this shot because it was the first, it was the first shot where you can see her intention clearly on her face. Sure, he says, "Take it all," and like her face is just, just like full, full, like just 
it's the face of a of a of a tiny 14 year old murderer oh yeah <laughs> and she just goes <laughs> and she just goes yeah take it all take and like all. and and that's and that's exactly what she ends up doing she takes everything from him well and she doesn't but you well know, yeah you know what i mean but uh that was i thought that was a cool shot and i i liked when they kept going like they only did it for probably like 15 minutes in the movie but after he passed out like all the sh- like when he woke up all the color was drained out of the shot oh dude the and then they went back to it was like when she was being really like just a total badass right yeah like all the color was gone like it was it was like monochrome almost there there and are then, scenes in this movie and then that she suddenly look... gets like chipper again and then color all of a sudden back. the saturation is, and then she walks over to him and she starts to get serious again and then all the color drains out of the shot i thought the, that was really cool the scene where she strangles him with the saran wrap over his face mm-hmm practically goes black and white with the exception of the bright red walls in his apartment yeah like i actually paused it just because i was taking notes i didn't want to miss anything so i paused it and the 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 pause screen literally looked like a black and white photo Mm -hmm. there was no color in that yeah in anything other than the bright red walls in Mm -hmm. the background like that's how much saturation was taken out of it yeah and it's genius and those are the those are the things too that really 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 strike me as coming from a music video background It's because, that style. Because it's that you, quick cuts. It's right. like because in a because in a music video you only have th- three or four minutes to, tell a whole story. to 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 get your entire message across. Yep. So within the confines of a movie where you have more time to sneak those little elements in there, just to give some extra weight to certain scenes, I think is really cool. Yeah. Um. Um. So we have we have to talk about the castration scene. Yeah. So <laughs> well, that's kind of the whole point of this show. <laughs> like, yeah, she Mike, she drugs him. Mike texts me and he's like, "I think we should definitely lean into your your uh, <laughs> your operation and and go with some go with uh, hard candy this week because there's a castration yep. scene." So she she ends up drugging him and uh, using uh, hey uh, screwdrivers like we were just drinking. Um, and it's funny too because she initially turns down his offer of water, right? Because she didn't watch him pour it, and the same the same addict of of uh, or edict that you know don't watch, don't take a drink from somebody that if you didn't watch them pour it right. gets used right against him, and she's <laughs> the one that ends up making liquor right. liquor drinks mm-hmm. screwdrivers and then giving it to him and drugs him. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up or whatever. He's got his arms behind his head or whatever, ice on his balls. You know, I like the part where she's just like, she even mentions to him like, wow, you're really endowed. And I thought that was really creepy. She says you're really built. Or really built. Yeah. Like that was like really creepy and unnecessary. <laughs> like for a 14 year old to say that. It was like, uh, I don't know. It made me feel weird. Um, but she's doing all this stuff where she is just icing his nuts down. She's like, well, I have my dad's books here. I think I know what I'm doing, but you need to stand still. Blah, 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 this and that. And the whole scene plays out like, and he's like crying and he goes through all these stages of emotions. He says stuff. He lets certain things out. He's yeah, even to the grimacing. Like he actually, yeah, it's like he goes through all the five stages of grief. Yeah. All within one scene. Yeah. 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 There's the anger. There's the denial. There's the bargaining. He tries to bargain with her saying, you can take all the money. You can blah, blah, blah. And then he finally gets to a point of acceptance where he's like, telling this story oh, about he, his origin story almost. right yeah and i love how she grabbed like has his balls in in 
the shot, shot glasses, glasses and she puts them down the garbage disposal. <laughs> I don't know what those were because they clearly weren't his balls. Spoilers. She doesn't actually cut his balls. They off. were probably. I mean, you can go. You can go buy testicles from a from a butcher. They probably pig test. Yeah, pig testicles. Right. Yeah. Something probably. Like that. Um. But it, so he thinks his balls are cut off, and what kills me about this whole scene, right? Is they go through all of that, all the stages of of denial and grief and acceptance and all that, mm-hmm. and then she leaves. She's like, "I'm a sweaty mess." Before I leave and clean up, I have to take a shower. Mm-hmm. So she, so she leaves. At that moment, he musters all of his strength to slip out of one of the ropes that is holding his hand. Him, mm-hmm. where was that strength when you thought your balls were getting cut off? <laughs> That's maybe when that strength should have peaked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know like if it was that easy to get out of i mean granted he had to strain quite a bit yeah but i feel like i would be straining way more <laughs> knowing that my balls were getting cut off than after she leaves the room <laughs> like uh, maybe there was like, like a... i'm just gonna let her get through this and then i'm gonna try to get out but but that's the thing though is like when he starts telling that story about his aunt and and he 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 almost like reaches a point of serenity you know what i mean sure like it's almost like he's accepted what's about to happen but that's after the first ball's gone no it's not yeah isn't it no i swear it was no it's after she rolls him in and she's setting up the camera and everything oh okay. uh, that's, that's um, true. yeah it's all, so like i i i think that i think that he had almost just sort of accepted what was about to happen you know what i mean kind of yeah kind um of. Speaking as somebody who who has recently gotten their who balls has cut recently off. gotten gotten stuff happening <laughs> down there, uh, a bag of ice is not like <laughs> the this scene was pretty brutal, but when she's actually like when she so I, I didn't I knew that she was gonna do the procedure and I didn't know that it was gonna be fake right okay so. I'm watching this going, my God, this is a fucking intense scene. But then I was also thinking back to when I was laying there and I go, I had a lot of drugs pumped directly into my stuff. And even still, I was relatively uncomfortable. There's no way that just... Do they do it while you're awake? Oh, yeah. I was talking to the doctor the whole time. Oh, you're shitting me. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's no reason to put you out. Except for the reason that I don't want to know what I'm (laughs) Shit's getting nipped. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you nipping my shit? <laughs> no, it's I. It, he's my the my urologist is a cool guy. Like we were just talking the whole time. Was your, your urologist uh, Dick Willie? <laughs> <laughs> Dick Willie, you, you saw that? Uh, too, I did. Right? Yeah. <laughs> my my boss is getting a colonoscopy this week, and his doctor's name is Richard Willie. <laughs> Dick Willie. <laughs> Dick Willie. <laughs> No, my uh, my my uh, my urologist actually works with my wife, so oh, that's now they have now they have some fun stuff to talk well, about. They're like, they're like Eskimo uh, siblings. <laughs> yeah, they have some fun stuff to talk about at the water cooler. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah, but just like I'm, I'm watching this scene and I go, oh, ice is not enough. That's not <laughs> enough. <laughs> no. Um. It's really it's it's a weird like I uh, like not to keep bringing up the fact that. I had, you know, this happen, but, but like, it it did it did give me a weird perspective when I was watching that scene because I, I kind of could like understand the sensations that might be 
incorporated or like you know like the kind of sensations you might be feeling in a moment like that sure and i go no like this like there's just there's just no way you could sit there like lay there quietly like that as somebody was doing that to you having just like put a, a bag of ice on your balls for a little while yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. <laughs> All right, we uh, we got to make it way make our way through. There's a couple of things I want to point out here. Um, first off, I'm calling bullshit that that this 80 pounds soaking wet 14 year old girl could possibly hoist up Patrick Wilson's lifeless yes, thank you. sack of a body into that rope contraption at the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. No that, way. Well, okay, so I'll I know s- she used pulleys and yeah, all that. I'll, no I'll, way. I'll say this. I do appreciate. I appreciate because she she was what maybe like a hundred five pounds at the oh, very God. most. I think that's being generous. Well, no, I I would say that that's back back at that at when when this movie was made, Elliot Page was tiny. I, I tiny well, hundred five pounds is pretty tiny. Um, okay, and and Patrick Wilson being like maybe one seventy. Yeah, there's just yeah. like no yeah no way. But I did appreciate the fact that they actually showed. You didn't see her doing it, but like they showed the the result of yeah. him being up there and the fact that she had used sort pulleys of a pulley to system of, to get Yeah. I I appreciated that. Sure. It was very realistic sure. because like no other movie would ever show you that. Well, it's, and it's like like trying to pick somebody up when they're dead weight. Oh, especially if you're smaller than that. Like I'm significantly bigger than you than than you. There's like There's no way. There's no way I could get you up on a chair. In a noose. No. When you're just dead weight. Nope. There's no fucking way. Nope. <laughs> There's the, nope. And, and so, like, for her to do it, no. So, I did appreciate that they showed her using, uh, like, a pulley system. One of... Because it, it gave a little bit of realism yeah, to Yeah, no, but. it did. It, it kind of bridged the gap. Like, okay, it's, it's maybe not completely believable, but at least they're giving us a reason why. Right. Another thing that I that I thought that I don't feel like a lot of people probably ever noticed. So maybe maybe I'm gloating here, but at the very end, there's this whole great cat and mouse chase after he does but doesn't get his nuts cut off, mm-hmm. like, which is a fantastic part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when uh, the only other actress in the movie, uh, Sandra O, oh, shows up, who you'd know from Grey's Anatomy. Sure, yeah. Uh, she's the neighbor shows up. There's this whole great cat and mouse thing between Patrick Wilson and, uh, Elliot page. And there's uh there's a scene where, uh, Patrick Wilson, he's got all of these canvases, these printed canvases all over his walls of these underage girls. He's photographed. They're all just glamor shots or whatever, but those are the ones he keeps on his walls. Not the wilderness photos, not mm-hmm. the whatever. It's all the girl, the young girl photos. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that when he's got the knife in his hand and he's having his like mental break and he's stabbing the photo at the end, did you notice that he's stabbing the girl in the photo directly into the crotch? Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, I thought that was interesting. Like, like he's like literally like, like it's almost like, like he's holding the, the, he's holding the sexuality of that girl as like, he's blaming it. Like, damn you for making me feel this way well, or, he even, or whatever. Well, he even says, like, he's yelling as he does that. Um, uh, what the hell is her name? Uh, uh, Jim. uh Haley. Hey, oh, Haley. He yeah. says, he says, he's, he's screaming and he says, uh, what the hell does he say? He's like, you, you made me like this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then he says, thank you. He says, thank you to her. Yeah. He says, thank you for finally allowing me to, 
show who I really am. This sure. is who I am. Sure. Right. So he's it's basically like his moment of uh, clarity, clarity, and just admitting like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Yep. I kill. I kill women. I'm a rapist. I'm a pedophile. So he goes from there onto the roof where Haley's waiting for him. And this is the end of the movie where she's basically like, you can either stay here because she calls Janelle, his ex that he was like deeply in love with and all this. The one person that like. Who, here's another, here's another connection to me. Her uh, birthday is March 19th and so is mine. Oh, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Go ahead. Cool. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Uh, She calls Janelle, who is like his kryptonite basically. Mm Mm-hmm. And tells her to come to the house. So Janelle's on her way. And it's basically either you can jump off this roof with a noose and kill yourself. Or and, I can run and downstairs. If I, and, if I, and if you kill yourself, I will run downstairs and erase all of the evidence yeah. that shows that you're a pedophile. I just want you gone. Right. Yeah. Like, you'll have a clean death. People will remember you as this, this photographer. photographer who was sad and lonely. But you won't be known as a yeah. pedophile. Or... If you don't jump, I'll run. I'll run. Arms, I'll run down to naked. Janelle's arms and I'll tell her that you tried well, to rape me. She said naked with right. her clothes ripped off and all right. that stuff. Yeah. Um. Which the the big takeaway from the end of this is how fucking dumb Patrick Wilson is because Janelle is fine as hell. <laughs> that rhyme. I didn't even mean it. <laughs> but damn. Um. She, she was too old for him. <laughs> Well, more for the rest of us. Um, but no, like, do you think that he had an option, though? Even if he wasn't the one that actually murdered the other girl? Because come you come to find out there was another person involved and yada yada. But like, that, was, that was a pretty cool... And they both blamed each other, though. So even if he wasn't the one that murdered the other girl, mm-hmm. did he have a choice? Um, Only if he was... I mean, he had a choice, but his life was over regardless. No yeah. Like, you can either... You can either um, you can either die, have a clean death, as long as Haley keeps her word. Die with a clean death, which she was never going to. <laughs> right, or you can or you can live, and everybody will know that you're a pedophile. You'll go to prison. You know how they treat pedophiles in prison, mm-hmm. so that's your life yeah. after that, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, he made his choice. I think I would have done the same thing in his shoes, honestly. Honestly, yeah. I mean, your life's pretty much over at that point. Yep. 32. You had a good run. Um, <laughs> but, like, when when she says, like, you almost believe her at the end. She's like, she's like, I'll go down. I'll erase all the evidence. Yeah. And then you see him, like, just slow motion, walk up to the edge of the roof and jump off with the rope around his neck. And then as he's falling, she runs to the edge of the roof and just goes... While or, he's still alive, she can hear him. She just goes, or not. <laughs> and fucking pieces out. Yep. That was, that was I, pretty brutal. Yeah, I love this movie. I think this movie's great. It's not, a movie, it's, it's not a movie that I'm going to watch all the time. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's good to revisit every now and then. It's like too uncomfortable for me to like really want to watch sure. a lot. But it it was a really good movie. I thought it's it was a good. It's a good movie to show like your your daughter's prospective boyfriends. Um, What? Like I will do this to you. <laughs> the castration if you, if you or hurt the... my daughter before she is eighteen. <laughs> no, I'm gonna show him bone tomahawk. The fucking I will split you down the middle. <laughs> I will t- I will take this axe that I've fashioned out of a fucking cow's jawbone and I will split you 
from taint to skull. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I did have a th- I I had a thought that um this movie I feel like could could not be remade nowadays. I don't think anybody would touch the subject matter. Like it'd be very difficult <clears throat> to remake this movie in the way that this movie was made at least. You think so? Yeah. I I think it'd be problematic. Oh, problematic. God, I hate that word. I um, I know. I'm just saying I think it would be. Why? You because think- even because even given, I don't know. I feel like you. <laughs> because nowadays we're even supposed to have sympathy for pedophiles. Because no, no, no. I think because nobody would want to see a fourteen-year-old in that position. Oh well, yeah. So it'd be very. They would have to make it what they originally tried to do is. Oh, she's not fourteen. She's actually eighteen. Mm. That's the only way they could make it nowadays. Sure. If you added that into it, which kind of which kind of like, everything else. Yeah, but that kind of takes the teeth out of the whole thing. It really does. Like the whole point of this movie is that this is a vicious little fourteen-year-old who's exacting revenge, which is kind of dope. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we got to move on here, though, James. Okay. Um, we have <clears throat> it's. Okay, um, we are now getting into uh, Krugerthon. Kru- oh, I don't, we're gonna—it's a work in progress. Yeah, we weren't this week. It's Krugerthon. I wasn't consulted before. We it's 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 like Nickelback's um, uh, festival Krugerthon. Only this is Freddy Krueger, so it's Krugerthon. Uh, again, work in progress. Krugerthon. Next week it'll be called something else. But uh, anyway, though, uh, we are starting Krugerthon with uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Freddy's motherfucking revenge uh from 1985 directed by a guy named jack shoulder don't mistake him for jack elbow he also uh directed a movie called the hidden a movie called wishmaster 2 and the uh friday the 13th hockey mask killer slasher ripoff alone in the dark from the 80s so he's he's done some shit you know yeah um, let's see here. A teenage boy is haunted in his dreams by a deceased child murderer, Freddy Krueger, who is out to possess him in order to continue his reign of terror in the real world. It's weird that they always refer to him as Fred in this movie. Um, well, it's because they're talking about, they're still talking about him in terms of the guy that their parents killed, mm. I think. You know, the guy that lived in the house, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, which I, Not the guy before, that- we even, before we even get into it, I know that in, like, I was thinking about this when I was watching it today. Halloween, obviously, the the house is important because Michael Myers grew up there. You sure. know what I'm saying? In Friday the 13th, the camp is important because that's where Jason drowned. He mm-hmm. is stuck to that camp, right? Unless he goes on a cruise to New York. Um, what makes 1428 Elm Street significant? Yes. That's a good question. Because Freddy Krueger didn't live there. He, a, he wasn't killed there. His glove was stored in the basement there, but that's it. And he leaves and goes elsewhere all the time in the series. So why do the movies always revolve around that house? Hmm. Why is he stuck there? Well, this is only the second movie, so is it? Is it maybe just that? That house in, is in dream sequences later. It's in other but is movies it just, later. But I'm saying, is it is it just that in the first movie he became... Uh, fixated on Heather Langenkamp's character and that's where she happened to live and so but Freddy's smart enough to not be stuck to one place though you know what I'm saying like he's not like a, a dumb ghost that is just like attached to something I you know mean... like he and like I said he leaves there all the time he leaves there even in these movies but why does it always start with whoever lives in that house 
It's weird, right? I mean, while we're at it, why don't we why don't we why don't we bring up the fact that it's specifically Elm Street? <laughs> what's what I'm saying? Like, like why like why why Elm Street? Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Hmm. Are we missing something? Maybe maybe better horror fans will tell us that we're just stupid and we're missing something big here. But I was thinking about that while maybe we'll re- maybe we will rediscover this while watching the movies. It's been a long time since I've watched all these movies. So maybe there's something that explains it more. Um, um yeah, actually but, speaking of which, I um I discovered this is the first time I've ever seen this movie all the way through. How is that possible? I don't know. Well, it's my least favorite of the uh of the sequels. I will say that right off the bat. I'll tell so you So we're starting with a banger. <laughs> I'll tell you that after the next eight weeks. Okay. I I can't like I I watch I watch Nightmare on Elm Street movies, um, kind of in the background. Uh, not in the background, but it's like I I never watch them in order. Yep. And I watch them like I I watch the original quite often. That's at least oh, like of course, it's of at course. least like a once or twice a year kind yep. of kind of movie. Um, I watch uh, there's 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 a handful of the other ones that like I'll probably watch at least once a year. Or if I, you know, if I like happen to come across them somewhere, sure, or sure, on sure. TV or something like that, I'll watch them. But, um, like front to back, the whole series, first time that you've watched this one though, all the way through. Well, I thought that I had seen this movie all the way through until I started watching it, and then I go, oh, these scenes don't seem familiar. Like there was a lot of. I, I didn't I know would... I was watching a gay movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not the gays. Oh no. Um. <laughs> No, I'd I'd say that I've seen like probably 75, 80% of this movie. Sure. But there were definitely scenes that I had never seen. And it might be it might be because maybe the only time I've ever seen this movie was on TV. Oh, that's fair. You know what I mean? That's very possible. Because sure. there was stuff that was popping up where I'm like, I know this. Ooh. I know this scene, but I don't know like how this like how it would play out. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. So Maybe it's just that I like caught it on TV, sci-fi or something like that, and it was edited for TV. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. Um, so, so we we say, oh no, not the gay movie, because this movie has quite the reputation. <laughs> uh, so much, in fact, that there are multiple documentaries about it. Um, it's it's an interesting addition to to the series, and we'll. I just want to get this out of the way before we talk about the actual series uh, movie. Um, you know, this is a movie that is shrouded in. Um, controversy because I the necessarily say it's well, controversy well, nowadays maybe not so much but for certain people like mark Patton, for example it was for a lot of people a lot of people hated this movie because of the subtext in it because of all this other stuff the the writer of the movie his name escapes me but the writer of the movie for years is uh david david shampkin what the hell david. was it sure something like that david chaskin okay so he for years uh, when people first start, uh, you know, saw this movie, a lot of people started noticing that there's this weird subtext of like homoeroticism and a whole bunch of other stuff with the main character that Mark Patton played, uh, Jesse. And it's and it's weird because the the screenwriter for years denied that there was that there was ever there. And then there was a documentary called Never Sleep Again, which is a fantastic documentary. It's like four and a half hours long, super definitive on everything Elm Street series. And, um, it happened, the, the, the thing happened, they found Mark Patton who was living in like Mexico at the time. Like he had no idea this movie had gained cult status and all that stuff. Like 
they brought him back and his and and his whole thing was like I need to talk to the uh I need to talk to the screenwriter because I want to confront him about how he wrote this in a time in the 80s when like AIDS was at like he you know an all-time high it and it was like during danger- the AIDS scare it was like dangerous to be gay to and be out and gay, yeah, yeah, and so he wrote this thing that essentially ruined his career because he was then known as the gay actor from this gay nightmare on Elm Street movie. See, I, I, I take a little bit of issue with that, that sort of, uh, like, the idea that, um, he's saying that this ruined his career. Like, he walked away from acting. He walked away from acting because you couldn't. You, you, it was dangerous to be out in public as a gay person because the entire country was against you. And he was but now he, known but as he, but he wasn't, the gay actor. But he wasn't out. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He was living with a, he was living with his boyfriend. Uh, that didn't mean he was out. He was he was out. He he said he felt like this movie this movie outed him. But like, and I think that's where the push. What's the, what's the difference? I think that's where the he still fell out. I think that's where because that's that's that would that would be like saying uh, Brokeback Mountain outed Jake Gyllenhaal, like it, because you play a character in a movie that seeming completely different point in time though but, things were looked at very differently. Were you saying that there's you saying that there's actors who didn't play role like that homosexual it's, it's, roles in in the seventies and eighties? No, because the screenwriter too, though the, the same guy maintained like I didn't write the I didn't write him as a gay person. He was just so gay it came off that way. That's literally what he said. Yeah, no, I know. Like like I like Hollywood wouldn't cast him as a leading man because of this. Even his own agent came to him and said, "Basically, we have to make you a character actor because you cannot be a leading man." Well, they said they said you played the you said they said you played the the role too gay, right? So, but and that's- and yeah, so that's where like that's that's I guess that's where my point of contention kind of comes from. Like he says that this movie destroyed his career, but. This movie wasn't really known as a as a queer movie until later. No, like he didn't. No. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't know that this movie had become a uh, like a the, dude. The, had, the, had be- the, the magazines and newspapers started writing about it instantly. You watch the documentary today. They started writing about it right as soon as it came out. Oh, that's true. The, the whole reviews Freddy were all got fingered thing and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. It was right as the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. But that but that but but still like it destroyed his, it destroyed his career in the sense that he was literally afraid to be out in public. No, I understand that like that. No, I understand and, that like that and that was like a that was a tragic part of the the documentary is like seeing how how gay people and especially pe- like gay people in the public eye like actors and stuff literally couldn't like cuz of the 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 AIDS epidemic and and how scared people were of that like they couldn't they couldn't live out loud back yeah. then oh, yeah. without without people telling were, them that they were disease disease carrying monsters yeah, there's people that basically these these people are going to be the destruction of the entire country cuz they're going to kill everybody and this and that and blah blah, blah. Like, I guess I guess my point is like this movie did people did people watch the movie and automatically assume that he the actor was gay like that's 
That doesn't make any sense. It like was, it was it was portrayed. It, people watched the movie, and this is the yeah, because the way that he acted in the movie, like, but why? It, it, like, because it was never every out- time. Every time I see, every time I see somebody on screen, had who, he been playing a gay person in the movie, they would have said that's the character. But the character wasn't supposed to be gay. They were blaming him for being gay. Oh, I see. Okay, that's the point. Yeah, he he quote unquote gayed up the character okay. even though that's what was written on the page yeah and the screenwriter denied it for years until you watch this documentary that came out and he he flat out says in the beginning of it and i know that you were mean you were talking about this <laughs> off before but he does say this right he was basically saying like yeah i told everybody i told bob shea that i didn't know what he was talking about even though i knew i written in there it was subtext it was under it was under the thing he well, goes he it was says, more fun it was more fun to say that i didn't do it well and he like, says that guy's he an says, asshole he says the subtext that he wrote into it was more homophobic than it was homoerotic which doesn't make it any better <laughs> oh no i mean it makes it makes it worse because he of, was because yeah. he even says like i was it was exploitative. It was yeah. it, it like I was dialing into the f- like the the feeling of the times because back in 1985, in the middle of the AIDS pandemic, people were very he scared. Off, so he was exploiting not, the people's feelings at the time. Yeah, we're not supposed to be talking about the documentary necessarily at this point. But you brought like, it up. I know. Dude. I know. <laughs> he comes off of that writer in that face to face interview with Mark Patton. He comes off really bad. Like he's tripping over his words a little bit. Like he doesn't know what. It's almost like he's apologizing for something that he doesn't actually feel bad about. Well, it's how at, he comes off. But at the end of the movie, Mark Patton is Mark Patton himself is the one who says that David Chaskin is the only person who to this day has apologized to me. Well, sure, because maybe he is. Doesn't mean that he wholeheartedly believes him. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have. That being said, watch the documentary. It's 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 really interesting if you want to find out more about that side of it, which was this big phenomenon that happened. Um, but that's being that being said, out of the way, let's talk about the actual movie because that's what we're here for. Um, let's see here. You have uh, Mark Patton, like we said, who plays Jesse Walsh, the... Uh, the young man in uh, in question, who Freddy Krueger like takes over his body, basically. Uh, Kim Myers, who plays Lisa Weber, who is basically just a ripoff of uh, um, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, a super famous actress, um, not Glenn Close, the other one. That uh, uh, oh my god, she's won a million Oscars. What is wrong with me? Meryl Streep. Yes, she looks exactly like fucking Meryl Streep. What? Dude, she was literally cast because she looks like Meryl Streep. If you don't believe, if, you, if you're gonna tell me she doesn't, you're the crazy one. I don't. You're insane. <laughs> you're literally insane. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. I'm on her IMDb. There is one picture of her where she looks the entire exactly. movie. She no. looked. Yes, she did. Not in the entire movie. No, yes, she, she doesn't. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, you have Robert Lussler who plays Ron Grady. The uh, he is the the coach of the uh, the at, at the school. That no, gets... Ron Grady was the friend. The friend. Grady was the friend. The his friend. That was him. Yeah. Holy shit! He looks exactly like the guy that played the coach. That's weird. <laughs> Looking at him right now. Yeah, the coach was Coach Snyder. Dude, look at look up Robert uh, Rustler right now. Okay. Tell me he doesn't look like the coach. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he looks exactly like him. <laughs> Weird. Um, okay, fine. You have Clue Gulliger, the almighty Clue Gulliger, who plays uh, Mr. Walsh, Jesse's father. Um, let's see here. Uh, rounding out, yeah, obviously Robert Englund is Freddy Krueger. That's pretty much all you need to know. Um, yeah, so 
I this is not my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I thought that uh, this was a big step down from the first movie in a lot of different ways. Uh, first off, they didn't continue the story of Nancy, which they very easily could have. Mm-hmm. They decided to go the route of knew everything, keep the house, keep the killer. Uh, even and I just I just read this today. Even Robert Englund was recast at first. They hired oh, really? they hired a stunt guy to play Freddy Krueger because they didn't think that the actor made the character Hmm. and about a week or so into filming at least according to what i was reading a week or so into filming they realized how much it didn't work and robert england wanted a pay raise which is another reason they didn't bring him back Mm -hmm. and so they went back they gave him the pay raise recast it and that the rest is history but we almost didn't get robert england as freddy krueger in this movie weird yeah super weird he he looked. Did you, did you think he looked a lot different in this oh, movie? Oh, he did. He did. So they didn't have anything to go off of from the first movie, and so they redid the makeup completely for it. I hate it. I think he looks terrible. In yeah, this movie. just it doesn't look. Uh, it actually looked more like Jackie Earl yep. Haley's. I was just gonna say version. That. I was just gonna say like that. like a real burn patient. Um, what? What are you looking for? Did you not give me a new beer? Did I not? I thought you did. Oh, I thought I did. Did I bring it upstairs, maybe? Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he looked more... Because Jackie Earl Haley's version of Freddy Krueger was supposed to look more like a real burn and patient. And that's what they based him off of for this. Yeah, he yeah. looked... There were there were certain shots where it almost looked like the real Freddy Krueger, but I don't know. It was, it was more like... It, his face was just like a, like a wet mass you know Kinda, yeah like there's there no was no yeah it. there was no definition there was no like big like uh like gaping well there like, wasn't holes in the skin or anything like there that. wasn't really in the first movie either like pizza face freddy didn't come until the later sequels but i actually really prefer the overblown pizza face freddy like where his face literally looks like a pepperoni pizza <laughs> I do. I, I yeah. I do too. That. That, that, so, to, that to me is the more iconic look. For yeah, me. but this one was just. It was very drab. It was nondescript. You know, it was. It was just kind of very. Well, they did a I lot of. They did a lot of shots of him. Of him, where it was, uh, just silhouetted with a little tiny bit of light on his sure. face. Which, did you also notice that he wasn't wearing a glove in most of the movie, which is very strange. Well, because the kid was wearing the glove. But what was then Freddy wearing? Because Freddy was supposed to be an extension of him. So why wasn't Freddy wearing the glove? The whole idea is that Mark was the one that was killing people. Yeah, I think it was like, well, and see, so this movie, this movie confuses me a little bit. They seem to have dropped the, they dropped the idea that Freddy could really only kill in the dream world, right? Which is a giant misstep, right. in my opinion. Because he, because Freddie literally shows up, and 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 they even said, uh, who who said it? Uh, Jack, Sh- not Jack Shoulder, David Jaskin, the writer, said this is a possession movie, yeah. right? Um, so it's like it's he possesses no longer you in your dreams, but then can use your body as a conduit, essentially, to come into the real world. Hence the whole pool party scene where sure. he shows up in the real world, which. We know from other Freddy installments that he can be brought into the real world if in. you pull him into the real world from your dream, yeah. from the dream world. And so it, they never did it like I was, 
they would have they would have Freddie kill somebody and then they would pull away and um uh Jesse would be wearing the glove, right? Mm-hmm. Implying that Freddie used Jesse's body to kill the person. But then during the whole pool scene, it was Freddie. Yeah. And they never implied that what people like because I've seen movies like that before where there's somebody who's, uh, you know, like a psychopath. You don't know that they're a psycho yet, and you keep seeing this, like, killer, right? And then later you see from somebody else's perspective that the killer was actually this other person the mm-hmm. whole time, right? So that's what I kept expecting to see was, like, Freddy's running around this pool party, and then I thought at some point it would do a flashback or you'd see it from the perspective of somebody else where you actually just see Jesse running yeah, around. which is what they imply. Which is what they imply, but that's not actually what they <laughs> show. Not, no, it's not. And, it's not. Well, they, they imply that that's what it's supposed to be, but everybody's reaction to him is pretty obviously they're reacting to Freddy Krueger. And what it, is, so is the idea that Freddy has... See, it... <laughs> <laughs> it it almost doesn't make sense because Jesse is it, I mean, not that it almost it doesn't make sense. Jesse is supposed to have the glove, right? Because he finds it in the uh, uh, the furnace, the, the or, furnace in yeah. the basement, right? So he has the glove. So even if Freddy Krueger came through and took over his body, like that transformation scene happens when he's in Grady's room, yeah. Even if that were the case, which was pretty dope, by he the would way. still have the glove though. Freddy or Jesse? Well, Je- Jesse, Jesse had the glove. Right. So if Freddy took over Jesse's body, Freddy would then have the glove in the real world. Why is he not wearing the glove? Hmm. The, the blades are literally coming out of his fingertips. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, which only bothers me because the glove is such an iconic part of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So it's like, why would you not, why would you do away with that <laughs> intentionally for, for this movie? Um, I just, I, th- I was just, I just thought that was strange between that and the look of Freddie, those two things alone are enough to make me not like this movie as much as other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie does make me laugh a whole bunch because of the absolutely ridiculous scenes that going back to the whole subtext of the movie, how do you, how do you even call it subtext? Sometimes there are <laughs> scenes that literally take place in a gay fetish bar. <laughs> The, the the shower <laughs> scene where the, the coach literally gets his ass towel whipped. Like well is, is like assuming the position against the wall. No, like okay. Had on. had the had, <laughs> that scene in particular would I wouldn't I wouldn't have naturally thought of that as like a as like um having gay subtext because Dudes snap towels at each other's butts in in locker rooms, but that's, not after that's he what saw the teacher right. in a fetish club. Right, <laughs> the thing that the thing that brought in the gay subtext was that the teacher was literally wearing leather strap, like a leather strappy shirt, because he found Jesse at a, an S and M club. Which you like, know, what, you so, know what the teacher all that teacher had to do was not walk up to Jesse right, in the club right. and he never would have been found out. Well, Grady, Grady, it sounds like it was already a, a, a known thing because Grady earlier in he the did, movies yeah. mentioned that the coach hangs out at places like that. Um, yeah, I don't, like for the director, uh, Jack Shoulder, when like in interviews, he's like, I never, I, I sure. guess I was super naive. I never realized that any of this stuff was supposed to you're be right. subtext. In like, the scene before it, you're going to get a bunch of balls pelted at your face. 
What? <laughs> like that's what it is. It's it's like the subtext. Well, I is mean that that not that's... very buried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's when you put everything together. Maybe individual scenes you wouldn't see it, but when you put everything together in a picture, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, you know? when you don't when you don't have the so if if the writer David Chaskin was kind of injecting these undertones into the script and not really telling the director. The director's just there to... The director is supposed to understand the script, though, through and through before he even starts shooting it. I mean, maybe he's just... So. Maybe he's just dumb. Or if 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 David Chaskin says, like, I didn't write into the script that he's supposed to scream like a woman, you know? Like, there's certain... Like, that, I guess that kind of goes back to the conversation about how um, uh, Mark Patton... Oh, yeah. How Mark Patton played the role, right? Sure. So... If if Mark Patton played the role and that came through in his performance and it wasn't speci- and, and it wasn't explicitly written into the script by David Chaskin, I guess it would make sense that Jack Shoulder wouldn't really pick up on it, right? Sure. So I guess it I guess it literally could just be like a big miscommunication between everybody, but you'd think that the star and the writer and the director would all communicate a little more about what was going on and then and then robert england even specifically says that he was completely aware the whole time and he even said to mark Patton at one point in time like (laughs) and i love because because robert england is who he is he says i i grabbed him and i told him that i was going to i asked him if i could do uh, what is would he you... Dracula? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is how he's talking in this in this interview. I asked him if I could do if if we could make this shot more. Oh, how would you say it? Homoerotic. <laughs> like and he rolls his R. I'm like, come he on. He does a little bit. Come on, Bob. Robert England. Um, yeah, no. There's a lot of the movie though. Though it's very in your face when you know what you're looking for. Like like I said, to call it subtext is whatever. But, um. I, I do like the the movie did have some good had, had good effects like the transformation scene was dope that was awesome with his face coming out of uh, uh, Jesse's chest and whatnot yeah. you know is that was really cool this movie had also boasts two of my favorite sequences in almost in any Friday movies which is odd considering this is my least favorite mm-hmm. the opening sequence where the where the school bus goes to hell mm-hmm. sticks with me I yeah. don't know why I love that opening sequence. And then the idea of Freddy Krueger running around at the pool party, even though it doesn't make any sense, like story-wise, is it always it's a very famous Elm Street series scene. And the you know? fact that he does the Michael Jackson thing where he pops up out of the ground. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, like that's uh, there's a part in the beginning too where he. Uh, he takes his hat off and he rips his scalp open to expose his brain, which is He's, fucking sweet. He says, you got the body and I, I got, got the brains. brains. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, there's really, really yeah. awesome effects. Um, the deep cuts on the coach's back when mm. he's in the shower, those cuts are so deep and they're so like, like visceral almost, you know, when, when he cuts it, it's super, super effective. I love that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just uh, there's a lot of stuff that is good in this movie. It's just overall, I it's just not as fun. Like I think Elm Street became such a fun series because of the comedic parts. Mm-hmm. These earlier movies, outside of the first one, because the first one stands on its own. Sure, but I feel it like because this one 
was missing what made the first one great and it's missing what made the sequels great. It just kind of makes it not very memorable for me in terms of it being a, a good movie. Does that make sense? Um, yes. Like it's it I feel like from three on is when you start getting really fun, Freddy. Yeah. You know, like two is just kind of like hangs in the balance between what the original was and then what the sequels were. Two just kind of hangs there in this weird limbo. Well, and I think, uh, I think, I think the reason that two, because in the in the original, there's much more interaction between Freddy and his victims. Mm -hmm. In this movie, most of the interaction is between Jesse and Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesse's terrified the whole time. Yeah. So that doesn't make for great comedy. And and then and and then Freddie really the only time that Freddie interacts with people outside of Jesse is at the pool party, mm-hmm. which at that point he's just kind of you know running amok, and uh, um with um Lisa toward the end yeah, and that's where you get a little bit you get like a little bit of the classic cat and mouse kind of Freddie, but um in every other movie he's doing his own dirty work. Which involves him interacting with the victims himself. Yeah. And then you inject a lot of his personality and a lot of his humor and the into them. In, exist more in the dream world, which makes everything more fun because anything is possible in the dream world. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing about this. Like all of the all of the kills in this movie take place in the real world. Which makes yeah. them which which means that basically every I mean, like the coach's kill was it was Still in the real world, hot. but it was by, <laughs> aside from being super hot, it was in the real world. But it was uh, it was supernatural because you know, like the ropes were all moving by themselves and stuff sure, like sure, that. Sure. But like when you get into when you get into like later installments in 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 this series, where in the dream world where he can manipulate the environment and himself and and everything around him in any way that he wants to. Yeah. You know? Like turning the kids uh hearing aid into a tarantula on the side of his face or like feet like feeding the chick table scraps yeah, until her yeah, yeah. face explodes, you know, shit oh, like that. So like good. that's that's the kind of fun that this series turns into. That is missing in these earlier installments, the, aside from like, and especially in this one, because like I said, he doesn't interact with other people as much as he does, even in the first one. Yeah, which is a bummer. Um, yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with you. I do like how the um the movie bookends itself. You could literally put this movie on loop, and it would make sense because mm-hmm. it starts and ends with the uh, school bus scene, mm-hmm. which. You could almost take it, and I, I don't think it was made like this at all. You could almost, almost, almost paint this as the entire movie as a dream, which is why he's able to do what he does mm. and explain it away, because he's having a reoccurring nightmare where he gets on this bus, and this thing happens every single time. Mm-hmm. Again, that's not how it was written at all. I'm just kind of trying to make it fit to make sense. Um, but yeah, I... um. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about this movie. Like I said, it's not my favorite Elm Street movie. It's not my my favorite anything. There's good parts in it, um, and there's a lot of ridiculous scenes in it, like uh, <laughs> like the dancing room cleaning scene is 
so incredibly unnecessary and ridiculous. I mean, come on. Who puts on sunglasses at night to clean their room? You know how cumbersome that is? Come on. Honestly, like, <laughs> just like for an 80s movie, that scene didn't seem that out of place for me. It's not like it, it, you, you wouldn't see that. I mean, you'd see that same type of scene in countless other 80s well, movies. Fair. It just, it just didn't really seem like it fit in this movie. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, who wears sunglasses at night to clean their room? That would not help. Um, other, there's other, there's other stuff like, uh, 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 fuck, where was it? Um, oh, the, there's, <laughs> this just made me laugh because you could never do this the, the, to, in today because it's so politically incorrect, but the cereal that his sister's eating is foo man chews. <laughs> like, you could never do that these days. Like 80s subtle racism is <laughs> hilarious to me. Like, like not that it was, not that it's funny because of what it is. It's just funny because of how stupid. Stupid like how they could get the away day. with it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I did, I did find it funny that you could explain this whole thing away in today's day and age because he wakes up every night sweating buckets, and I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is like how I was sweating when I had COVID. Are these COVID dreams? <laughs> like, where's the Freddy Krueger dreaming while you have COVID movie? I'd watch the shit out of that. Like, that needs to be the new movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I like how the dad, the the whole family, the dad's reading the the newspaper on the couch, and like it's really hot in here, don't you think? And he gets up and goes to the thermostat. It's ninety seven degrees. You would be fucking cooking if it was ninety seven degrees in your house. <laughs> and then the bird, the bird explodes <laughs> into flames. Another movie where random things explode, and he thinks that. He thinks that it's his son somehow. He's like, he used a cherry bomb. <laughs> it's like, what oh. you, you think he shoved a cherry bomb up the bird's ass? What are you I, talking about? The 80s were a fucking great time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this movie to me just overall was, uh, it was kind of a mess. Like, it just. A little bit, yeah. It, as a, as a, uh, as a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it just didn't land. No, they made it so quickly after the first movie too, because the yeah. first movie did so well, they instantly put a second one into production i think that this is what happens when you rush a movie and you don't flesh it out and it's whatever and i actually i like i liked the idea of kind of flipping the script and and making a final boy instead of a final girl like that that to me was a final boy boy. (laughs) like that to me that was an interesting concept it was something you didn't see very often evil dead um yeah, no, no, yeah, <laughs> and and that actually, I could I could riff on that. I I do I do think that I think Mark Patton is a good a good guy. Sure, and I think that uh, I think that he deserved to, you know, have have a spotlight shine on him for this. I do feel like he comes across in the documentary as being a little bit full of himself, though. Like he he like. Liter- he he talks about how he literally changed the game for for uh you know like um for I don't like know if que- I picked up on for that. like queer cinema no he he said he explicitly says that he's like I I changed the landscape of queer cinema and stuff and I'm like but there were it, it was 1985 like there was prior to that there was plenty of movies that that were pretty heavily inspired by 
queer culture and stuff I, like that. I like, can't speak to this because I'm not versed in it. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't think that he came off that way personally. But but he said it. He said it. No, to I, I oh, what? Well, hold on. You, it, but you won't. You only watched half the documentary today, right? Today, yeah. Toward the end of the documentary, he talks about like he gets he gets a little sure. I he gets a little like over oh like overconfident with himself and starts talking about how he is like and obviously like the the documentary is called Scream Queen. Like it's it's about him, but, but like he very... talks about like how he's the original Scream Queen and he's the like. He changed. Oh, I would he say he's changed the original scream. He uh, changed scream the landscape but, for for like yeah, for queer cinema that, and stuff. If he and, says that, I disagree with it. I thought, and that I that, think it's great. Like he he turned like he took this and he spun it into a a a, a um you know like a life of activism, like to sure you know help to 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 to, to turn this into something that is a, a positive, but. <laughs> He said something in the but at the same the time, I I like I like humility too. And sure, he just like well, he does come across as as somebody who, you know, doesn't necessarily. Well, I thought actually he came off pretty, pretty good in the beginning of the doc. In the beginning because, of the documentary, because in the he beginning does, of the yeah. documentary, he's talking about doing conventions and this and that or whatever, and he's like, some people will, will call you out and tell you that you're basically a whore for doing these these conventions because you're just taking people's money and this and that. And he, and he goes on to say, he's like, for a lot of people that, that want to meet you, this is going to be the only time they're ever going to meet you. So if, if people are telling you that you're being a whore doing it, and I'm paraphrasing all this obviously, but he's like, be the best whore you can be, <laughs> be a good whore mm-hmm. and go out there and do it because this means a lot to those people. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's a pretty, you know, no, I no, I I that, I appreciate know? I appreciate the the bluntness in that because a lot it's of true. like I mean that's that is what like people who people who make appearances at at uh, conferences that's what they're doing Kinda, and yeah. and and very few of them would put it in such a um, straightforward. Be a good whore, right? Yeah. Very few people would put it so straightforward and say like, "Yeah, I'm here. I'm whoring myself for money for the fans. Like, I'm doing it for the fans. I'm also doing it for the money, and I'm gonna be the best whore that I can." Like, very sure. few people would do say it that way. Sure, even though that's essentially what they're doing. So I did appreciate that. Um, I want to end with one thing here. Uh, this is very interesting to me. Uh, picture, if you will. Consider for the role of Jesse Walsh originally was Michael J. Fox. Mm. Considered for uh, other other uh, characters or characters actors that were considered for the role of Jesse, Brad Pitt, John Stamos, and Christian Slater. These are all people who were actually considered, considered for those yeah. roles. Um, of those four, who do you think would make the best Jesse? And don't say John Stamos just because he played Uncle Jesse. <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say John Stamos. Um, I'm trying to think back to when these lads were younger. So it was it was John Stamos, Brad Pitt, Michael J. Fox, and who? Christian Slater. I'd probably go with Slater. I actually go with Fox. I think Michael J. Fox. Stop would've... doing that with your microphone. It's oh, making sorry. Sorry. noise. I think Michael J. Fox actually would have been, would have been perfect for. It. I can see Christian Slater in it too, but but he talks a little too much like this. I don't know if I would really buy him. You know, like think of did you ever see um, 
what's that movie where he takes over the radio station in his house, uh, pump up the volume? You ever see that? Young Christian Slater? No. And pump up the volume? Mm-mm. Or a young Christian Slater in the movie where he blows up a school? Heathers. Heathers? Yeah. I can't see... Spoiler alert. Well, I can't <laughs> see him playing Jesse at that at that stage in the game. You know? So here's a question then. So had one of those guys played Jesse, would it would it would the would the movie have become the subject of such no. scrutiny? No, it wouldn't have. I so actually was, don't think so it was it simply just because of how Mark it, Patton played the role? No, because I think that had the had the script not been written the way that it was written and Mark Patton played it, it wouldn't have been a thing either. I think that it was it was a perfect storm of all those elements coming together that did it. I don't think that it was so one... with so with the exact same script, yes, and either one of those other guys. It, I think it, that, it wouldn't have been subject to the same. Scrutiny. I think there would have been there would have been subtext there. Yes, mm-hmm. still obviously, but it would have ended at the scenes, not the characters. Does that make sense? Like. I feel like if anybody else would have played it, Mark, because Mark Patton did bring a a bit of like a feminine touch to the character. Mm-hmm. The other these other actors, excuse me, I don't think would have brought that same touch to it. And without that, I don't think that it would have been as it, it just wouldn't have it would not have given you the same product. Mm-hmm. I, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so it's a perfect storm. Hmm. That's interesting. But yeah, all right, James. That's uh, that's number one down of our uh, our Kruger thon. I don't even know what we call it being this Kruger gate, Kruger thon, Kruger, Kruger. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it'll be called something else next week. Um, so uh, next week, then we will be doing Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Is it Dream Dream Warriors? Yeah, Dream yeah. Warriors, mm-hmm. yeah. So Dream Warriors will be next week with uh, probably some other dream focused movie. Um, Dude. maybe. Oh. That's a great time to do Dreamcatcher. Shit ooh. demon. Oh, oh, ooh. Because I read the book a couple months ago. Ooh. ooh and, I, I've, ooh. and I've been itching for... All right. Well, I think James just did it then. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Dreamcatcher and Dream Warriors next week. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah, baby. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, James. Uh Tell the people where they can find us. Well, if you want to find us before next week, you can find us on all social media at uh, the Buzzkill Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. God, it's been a while for you. Yeah, hasn't it's it? been a little while. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill BC. You can find us on all major streaming platforms. Uh, clearly, you found us already. Uh, it's the Halloween season. Tell your best bud about a cool horror podcast that you like to listen to. Yeah, or tell your your dad. Perhaps unless un- unless he's the kind of dad or bud who um passes out those little black and orange paper wrapped taffies mm. at Halloween, in which case you can tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah, or if he gives out apples or uh, pennies. See, I've mm. changed. I've changed my mind about the apples in later years because I I like apples. No, I like apples too. I can get those for fucking. 70 cents at the at the fruit store though or you can get them for free with razor blades in them <laughs> with a razor and then you get a free razor blade too you know what instead of instead of putting an apple in my bag put a caramel apple blake's cider in my bag and then i'll be happy yep yep all right
I know, I know what I'm getting drunk on while my kids are trick-or-treating this year. <laughs> that's the word of Jesus Christ. <laughs> See ya. All right. See ya.